0: Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind
2: the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: New Zealand. Good morning to you on this uh, Friday. Quite a sad Friday if you're a Burt Bacharach fan and uh, I was because uh, I lived through uh, the 60s, 70s and 80s when the music that uh, he composed was just absolutely fantastic. It dominated uh, the movie scene and uh, generally speaking he was a legend back in those days and uh, has passed away on uh, 8th of February. So Burt Bacharach uh, gets a little bit of a tribute from us uh, throughout the morning. Uh, might not be quite um, in the fashion of music that uh, a lot of you know, but um, if you uh, just listen to some of the songs that we'll play, you'll understand. Uh, Bert Bacharach, so uh, we have a bit of a tribute to him today, and uh, we have a, a, a busy show, really, a busy show. What we're going to do uh, right from the outset is uh, open up the lines, actually, 800 150 11 Did you watch the Warriors? Did you watch the Warriors first hit out? ...against West Tigers, bearing in mind that it's not the full Warriors squad, there's still plenty more players uh, to uh, come on show, and, and uh, including Sean Johnson. How did the halves go? Uh, love to hear from you, 0800-150-811. I know there's a lot of uh, Warriors fans out there who listen to the show. So, what? Uh, I mean, let's not get carried away. But hell, it's not a bad start, is it? I'd rather be Andrew Webster than Tim Sheen's waking up this morning uh, on what you saw there. So what do you reckon uh, about that performance? Also, big announcement coming out of New Zealand rugby today, uh, and that is the successor to Wayne Smith. Of course, he was the director of rugby for uh, the, the Black Ferns. They won the World Cup. Uh, how the heck do you replace Wayne Smith? Well, we're going to find out th- this morning. Uh, have you got any suggestions for who you think might be a very good Black Ferns coach? um it's a very high profile job in new zealand now uh, and anything else you, you'd like to talk about uh, throughout uh, the morning we'd love to hear from you 0800 150 811 where she'll be opening up the lines. test match cricket uh, what did you make of the first day uh, between india and australia india heavily on top there heavily on top so uh, and uh, new zealand uh, against uh, of course england coming up next week and uh, we have to look uh, very seriously at the makeup of the New Zealand side now. So we'll, uh, we'll open up the lines just uh, momentarily, actually. Uh, and then after 9.30, we'll talk to George Berry. Now, George, of course, is uh, a big NBA pundit. Uh, the trade deadline passed uh, uh, about five minutes ago, actually, and there's been plenty of blockbuster moves, so we'll get all those details from George Berry. After 10 o'clock, we'll talk to Paul Wiseman, former New Zealand cricketer, of course, but now a New Zealand eleven coach. Uh, for uh, those two days against uh, England. He's also the spin bowling guru for New Zealand cricket as well, so plenty to talk about there uh, with Paul Wiseman just after 10 o'clock. We have a panel with uh, Victor Waters and David Long uh, this morning. Uh, David's coming in the studio. Victor of course is from TVNZ. Uh, Your text to be welcome on double eight double three throughout the morning as well. That's the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, And then we'll take that press conference live just after 11 o'clock straight out of uh, rugby headquarters which is actually about 30 yards from uh, the main studio, the main studio here uh, in Auckland for SENZ. I have a stump, Smithy, up for 100 bucks this morning, and then we'll t- have a chat to Mick before midday, before we hand over to staff. So plenty on. Let's get started, eh?
4: Sport is our religion, and here is Smithy's sermon.
3: So bulla to you, Razor, as well. of an even. Nandy does have a relatively short runway. But it's long enough for you to find out a few things about yourself and for us as well. Finding out what it's like to coach raw talent, most of which is untapped. Finding out what it's like to coach a mood team when they're in it, look out. Getting them in the mood more often than not will be the challenge. Coaching a team which aren't the favourites and who have not got traditionally the cream of the crop in their ranks will be a new exercise for you coaching a team who are not expected to win every game the underdog now that will be a change as well getting out of your comfort zone every now and then trying something new and very challenging is a great development tool it's a relatively short flight from Christchurch to Nandi or Suva but it's a decent old trek from Orange Theory to the Fiji National Stadium and break dancing is probably out but master the Mecca and you'll be seriously in favor so have a go, take it on. I reckon you'll love every minute of it. You are that kind of bloke, you know, glass half full. You will make Fiji a better rugby team because you know how to. And you'll have tucked a major bo- ticked a major box in your own development, win, lose, or draw. And of course, not to mention the carver, good for the mood and the soul. And when it comes time to say nesemothè, a few bonus bucks will be in your back pocket and the All Black job will still be waiting for you when you get home, perfect. Just sign here. Sign here, Razor, on the dotted line. Go on. Go to Fiji. Have some fun. Well, these guys might actually only play half a game as we see Montoya. Montoya. Oh, yeah.
1: The big don't argue from Montoya. Take that.
5: Is Roach,
3: Mecca, good hands here. Here's Montoya, coming in for a hat-trick. He's got it down. There's the fifth try for the Warriors and they've got their bonus
6: point. Oh, that in, finally, leo has got a double. What I like about him, he's been hunting. He's been in and around it,
1: right?
3: Warriors hunting one more try near the end of the game. Balangi, he's going to get it and it's right under the post. That is gonna do it. And the Warriors start 2023 with an encouraging performance in this preseason challenge trial game. Talk
7: back time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150
8: 811.
3: Yeah, 48 12, 48 12. That's a drubbing in anyone's language. But it was only a trial. Let's not get carried away. Did you hear how, how often in those extracts the name Metcalf was mentioned? Uh, there's a name to look forward to for the season. Zane is uh, coming first up this morning from Paraparaumu. Zane, good morning to you.
9: Okay, Smitty just walked off the night. Absolutely magnificent day here in uh, Paraparaumu. Oh. Not a breath of wind.
3: I'm jealous. Um,
9: didn't sleep. Didn't sleep well last night after that excitement. Um. Oh, oh. Three key points for me. I watched the SG ball game um, on the weekend, and then this game. Not expecting it to be a clear indicator of you know the, the top team this year because we only had probably three or four, maybe five guys max who will be regular top team um, players this year. So I was looking for a consistency in game plan across what the SG ball guys played and, and what they played last night, which is high intensity. You know, using their um, their passing to create width really quick between plays and their fitness was just outstanding, um, was the first point I noticed. Um, the second one was the intensity levels and, like, the the passion. Across both games, I couldn't speak negatively about one player across probably 45 players in both squads. The effort that they put in it, they just, you can tell they want to be out there in that jersey. And the last one was um, we've got four spots available in our top 30, and Webster's talking about promoting three out of the... Um, the young guys, and I was a bit concerned until last night. God, there'll be six of those forwards that could just walk into first grade, particularly young guy Zion. Um, he was an absolute beast. And um, Jacob Laban, I don't know if he's in a relation to the King of Wainui, um, Ken Laban, but he looks like another Logan Swan type, must be about six foot two, lean, fast. And the final point would be that the guys who were the top level players, your Metcalfs, your Tumati Martins, your, your um, Montoya's, they just hit the ground, our um, Banteafoa, Tom Arley running, mate, and they just played and played and played. So all good signs for me that we've made progress in three months.
3: Well, the the big thing I was looking for is attitude. Attitude. Um, you know, I yep. think the skill factor and the combinations will come, but attitude for me was the thing that was most concerning when you, uh, you read the comments from uh, the coaches and how many did they have last year towards the end of, of last season. That was always going to be the factor for me, Zane.
9: Yeah, and you can see, you know, that group of guys, are happy to be back on the Gold Coast where they wanted to stay. And to a man, every one of these guys looks like, you know, they're happy to be out there. You want to see the look on the face of the guys on the sideline. Just the passions back in the club. It's, you know, and as, as fans, um, all across the forums and across Twitter with the guys, I communicate, we just are absolutely fizzing for this to kick off with. No one's sitting there thinking we're going to win the comp. We're just excited to see a team of guys playing with passion and heart that we support them with every week. So yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely happy with that.
3: I'm absolutely happy that you're happy because um, that's that's. I think that's pretty. Uh, I think it's a pretty good sign actually. Defence, you know, we know that uh, Andrew Webster is uh, is all about defence.
9: Yeah, I mean the passion that we showed on our line. Like where you know, when you're 26 points up, and you drop two tries. You know teams in the past sort have of drop their heads. We just kept smashing those guys back, and next minute, you know, five minutes later, their hearts are broken because we're 20 points you know, on top of the 12 they got, you know. But the intensity to defend our line in the trial game and for the SG ball guys on the weekend, mate, well, I haven't seen that in any Warriors team for probably 10 years. So that's what makes me excited, my friend.
3: <sighs> oh, God. Getting me excited all of a sudden. You're getting me very, very excited, Zane, because I know that you're... Um, You're a pretty good analyst and uh, at times a pretty harsh critic, mate. Thanks so much uh, for your time this morning, Um, and uh, I hope you play the 10th well as well. So uh, well done, mate. Thank you for your time, and uh, have a great weekend. Uh, Yeah, I I looked at the combinations too, uh, Logan, and um, what about uh, Tamari Martin and Metcalf? Uh, They were talking about them big time.
10: Oh, they were Smithy. Uh, Tamari Martin, uh, Kempi and I met him a few weeks ago, and just the way he talks both about himself and, and about his teammates is very encouraging. I do have to say, uh, this is the year that Sean Johnson, I mean, it's kind of make or break for him no matter what. This is his final year. But if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't show that, you know, he wants it, and it shows on the park, kind of like what we saw last year. There was a lot of criticism around him not wanting to, you know, move the ball around, run to the line, eat, or anything like that to try and create space. We've got Luke Metcalf uh, now, who had really showed some great skills there linking up with Tamari Martin. So, really good option there. Great to give some experience to Metcalf and see how he works within the team. So, promising signs. And uh, Tamari actually talked with Honey Media Smiler
6: after the match, Smithy.
8: You must be happy. You know, you had a lot of young fellas out here, and they, they really stood up.
4: Who stood up for you tonight?
6: Um, yeah, there's been a few, and we've been just practicing everything we've practiced over the over the preseason. And, and I thought we executed well on what we wanted us uh, to do. And um, I think Luke Metcalf ran the team around really well. He had the He was actually playing seven today, so he had to steer the ship around I thought he'd done really well on, on that side of things and um, I was just talking to Mont yesterday about um, hopefully we can see Lukey in the open open space because he runs faster sideways and some of us run forward so <coughs> we got to see his his pace um, on display tonight, so that was good to see.
8: And just out on that left edge as well, you know, you seemed like you guys started to get some really good combinations, get running in a fair, fair amount of tries.
6: Yeah, it's been um, good, it's been the same sort of edge we've, we've practiced with all, all pre-season, so um, you get a few reps under your belt, it, it becomes a bit easier in, in the games, but um, we're a lot, still a long way off where we want to be, but a um, step in the, in the right direction, that's for sure. Cool.
4: And just on the new coaching crew, and how's that all sort of evolving?
6: cool. Yeah, really good. I've, I had Webby um, first myself um, in 20s and he's um, still the same. Good, really good guy and not just um, what he wants from the team on the field but um, how he brings everyone in off the field I think it's a huge, huge thing for us especially uh, myself being moldy and coming from a big family. It's, he's um, really family orientated and and wants you know your partners and your families to be, you know, come along on the journey with us. So um, he's got a good balance um, with his assistant crews. He's got Stacey there, Richie, Morgs as well, and um, he just got a good balance. And um, all the boys are, are buying into it, and, and he's got a lot of respect from from the playing group.
3: Well, that's amazing. Just to, to hear the what Winnie can do. I, admittedly, a trial game, um, what Winnie can do in terms of your, your attitude and. Um, just the way that um, you answer questions, etc., cetera, and um, really positive there uh, from uh, Tamari Martin. So he's going to be a key player. be interesting to see um, next time out. I've got uh, up to 10 players, uh, Logan, that they want to introduce in the next trial, one of which, of course, is Sean Johnson. So it, one of the best things about last night is it's put a lot of early pressure on within the group.
10: No, exactly, and having depth in the squad uh could bode well uh i know zane said before you know talking in forums i'm in those forums as well there's a lot of excitement there the funny thing is is last night the words grand final was trending on Twitter. So perhaps some people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves. But I think their next trial match is up against the Storm down in Christchurch at Orange Theory mm. Stadium. So that's when we'll likely see the likes of Sean Johnson come in, some of the more experienced heads. Maybe you get our first look at Mitch Barnett and what he might provide in terms of impact. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching him play for Newcastle. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the Warriors Ford Pack as well. So it is exciting times. Smithy, and I, I know you made fun of me uh, before we started the show, but it is really hard to um, not get too excited right now.
3: <laughs> really? Okay, so what if you're a West
10: Tigers fan? What are you thinking? Oh, uh, well, same thing. Like you said, I wouldn't want to be uh, Tim Sheens this morning. Uh, I mean, there was some good signs. You know, Stefano yuta uh did well as a young captain, very young. Um, you know, he's sort of been on and off with injuries as well, but he's a really good prop. So hopefully there are some signs there, but I mean, the Wests Tigers aren't really the thing that we're worried about. The Storm I'll be worried about, Smithy. I mean, that's going to be a better litmus test for us.
3: OK, we've got uh, Kevin on the line, uh, hopefully, to talk to us. Uh, Kevin, good morning to you. Morning,
11: Smithy. how are you? Haven't seen you for a few oh. years, but I have met you.
3: Yeah, i was um, just reading uh, the text there, mate, a long time ago back in uh, Nelson Park in, uh, in Napier, yeah?
11: Yeah, John Wright introduced me to you. John and, John and Lance were down there, I think, selecting or something like that, and they introduced me. We only spoke briefly, but, you know, it was a nice chat to you.
3: Yeah, cool. What, oh, that's that's nice. To, uh, thanks very much for calling, uh, Kev. Um, what, did you, what did you make of, of, of first of all the Warriors?
11: Well, I, I thought they went well. You know, for a team, you know, young guys um, um, sort of showing up and performing for this guy. And don't forget, this guy's trained under um, Clary for a long time, so he's going to come with a good CV, and he's, and he's got ethic he's putting into it. So I, I just really, I, I'm a believer in him. I really am.
3: Excellent! And I Absolutely
11: it.
3: Yeah, I, well, that's a start. Um, if you're physically fit and you you know you, you hit, don't carry injuries into the season, uh, and you've you've got your player management going well. I like that. Uh, hey, interesting day uh, in India yesterday, wasn't
11: it? Oh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the um, watching the spin, Jardie Jar, and I think that's how you say his name, and um, Ashwin, and the way they could slide it and it drops. And, and the Aussies, Aussies footwork was missing a bit. Did you think?
3: Yeah, I did not think they had, they coped at all well. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting pitch for me. I mean, it, it, the pitch should, whilst it should, uh, I like, I don't mind about a bit of variation, and and I, I like to see that coming a little bit later on in the first morning when you you don't like to see chunks of dirt coming out of the pitch. So, you know, they they, they won the toss, but Australia will curse the fact that they didn't do enough with that toss. If they'd have won that, uh, if they'd have perhaps won that day yesterday by scoring, I don't know, two hundred and eighty for five, for four or five. Um, I think they would be in relatively good shape. So, but they're not now because they simply didn't score enough runs for up. That
11: I put a question to you, Smithy. They had six LBWs bowled as in total. Would that alarm you?
3: Yeah, it would. It would mean um, I'm not using my bat well enough. Um, you know, I, I saw Steve Smith get out. In fact, I saw three get out in pretty quick succession, actually, including uh, Shane and then. Um, uh, who are the guy that got out first ball, uh, and then um, and uh, Steve Smith, and they all Ryder. got out to technical errors. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah. they all got out to technical yeah. technical errors. Technical errors that I mean, Steve Smith just missed a relatively straight delivery for mine. You know, it, you know, yeah. he, he's a much better player than that. You've got to get something in the way of that, uh, and you cannot um, you cannot come out and try and kick India uh, particularly first ball, um, and you know the way. Uh, you, you know, the way that you, know, you you look to defend, and if you miss the ball by a foot, you're in big trouble. And effectively, that's what happened. Out for this ball, LBW, and Lava Shane uh, simply got done by a good one, but, uh, you know, uh, he, he chose the wrong option, I think, at that particular point in, in, in the innings. So uh, they made mistakes, the they other, paid, and India will all do that.
11: The other thing I was going to ask you, Smithy, you know, with your commentaries and that, and you're brilliant when you're over there too, because I love listening to you and watching you.
3: Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, how many read the hand? Yeah, well, that's interesting. Uh, the read the hand, not so much um, Jadasia, not so much him, because he's fairly orthodox in that regard. The thing about Jadasia is, um, you know, the revolutions on the ball that he's able to get, uh, more so yeah. than, you know, than we get with our spinners here. The revelation, uh, The revolutions on the ball, that's the ones that make the ball, particularly if it's relatively new, bite they bite into yep. the surface of the pitch so you know, that's that's the interesting thing for me, Ashwin is the one you've got to read from the hand because he's got the variations he's got and you've got to look very very closely at, at the, the, the way it leaves his hand because he's got the one that goes the other way uh, top spinner yep. uh, he's, he's a, he, a, he really is um, a, hell of a, a hell of a bowler Ashwin but um, you've got to watch the hand very carefully these days uh, Kevin it's as simple as that
11: yeah, because if you don't, like, you know, um, a couple of our batsmen in the tests, things, and I think baseball's one of them, he doesn't read the hand, and he's next gone, thing he's gone with the wrong, and he's gone, he's playing the wrong shot, he's playing the wrong line.
3: Yeah, uh, I, 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 I totally agree right with him. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, hey, Kev, I really appreciate you reading, and keep the tips coming in, too. I'm, I'm reading them all. Even though they're addressed to Kempi and the boys, I read them, too, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll call you back. Cheers, man. Good on you. I'd love to hear from you. Whenever you like, uh, g'day Bernard from Canterbury. Uh, morning, Ian. How are you? I'm um, good. What about were you? Were you impressed last night? Well, um,
12: while we're ahead, why don't we quit now?
3: <laughs> <laughs> good one. <Yeah.
12: laughs> hey, no, listen. Uh, I just heard you guys talking earlier on. Um, just before you came on, you were talking about five eights. And uh, yes, and uh, this, yeah, okay. And um, you mentioned uh, Stephen Perifitter and you mentioned young, young love. Um, uh, Perifitter for sure. Young love is, I think, uh, let's not throw him in there at the moment. But I'll tell you a guy that might just surprise a few people this year, and that's Brett Cameron. He's playing for the Hurricanes.
3: Well, Brett Cameron, of course, has been he's tasted all black, uh, the all black environment, um, very briefly. Um, yeah and I agree with you I, I think he is a terrific footballer um you, if you well, talk to well Staffy at midday Staffy's all over Brett Cameron
12: okay well uh, Manu two i suppose um but, uh, mm. um, but uh, he's he's you know he got thrown out there earlier on um uh, one test and then we forgotten about and uh so he's gone off and he's done he's done his homework and he's and he's a tradesman now you know he's uh he yeah. knows he knows how to play a game of rugby and uh and guide a team around and i think for that reason geordie barrett's going to have an outstanding um time at second five eight he's got a good man inside him
3: yeah i look forward to the hurricanes this year i am I'm, I'm with you bernard i i i think you you've they've probably got the the pivots um and the base they need to be very good very very good the hurricanes it's just you know they they ebb and flow a But bit. They've got to get the, the downside out of things. Bernard, thanks very yeah. much for your call. I uh, appreciate That's it. we we'll right. just run out, of, run out of time. But, hey, please call back any stage. I'd love to talk to you again. It is uh, 9.25 here on SENZ.
0: Experts in agriculture covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa.
2: This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. And
1: make it easy on yourself.
2: Make it easy on yourself.
3: Ah yes, Burt Bacharach music throughout the morning, isn't it? Just uh, soothing, absolutely soothing on the ear. Well, just yesterday we celebrate uh, LeBron James as he became the all-time point scorer in NBA, but the basketball world uh, moves face very, very quickly, especially when the trade red deadline uh, a day is looming and the deadline itself has finished. Around about 30 minutes ago New Zealand time, there's plenty of blockbuster moves to get our heads around as teams gear up for a championship run or just maybe a rebuild for the future, depending on your team's fortunes. And with us now is a great friend of the show who loves this time of the year get his teeth into all this stuff NBA pundit, George Berry G'day, George, how are you?
13: Oh, Smithy, I'm uh, yeah, I've just recovered from what was a a trade deadline for the ages I remember coming on a couple of weeks ago with you and saying I think it'll just be a, a deadline where kind of role players and smaller players move around, but boy was I wrong.
3: Well, let's start, uh, well we can start anywhere if you we like, Well, let's start with good old KD, uh, and the Phoenix Suns have a new owner I believe, uh, so that'll be interesting.
13: Yeah, so I mean Matt Ishiba, he's a big time mortgage lender in America, bought the Suns for I think somewhere around the 4 to $5 billion mark, I could be wrong, but he said in his introductory press conference, I think, you know, 24 hours ago, that he was ready to make big moves and probably made the biggest move he could have made in getting Kevin Durant, um, you know, I mean, uh, people like to argue he's probably the best player in, in the league, I mean, you can you can argue a lot of players, but, you know, he's probably one of the purest scorers the game's ever seen, I mean, the Nets, Sean Marks and the Nets got rid of Kyrie Irving and all the baggage and sent him to the Mavericks uh, a few days ago, and reports were saying that Kevin Durant was happy to to stay put for the rest of the season but that was wrong. I mean off he goes to the Phoenix Suns Um, if you cast your mind back to the start of the NBA season, Kevin Durant uh, put in a trade request Uh, his preferred team was the Suns and off he goes and and right now they they look like the, the team to beat in the West, the Phoenix Suns, all of a sudden they've got, you know, Devin Booker an incredible scorer in his own right Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, one of the best point guards the league's ever seen and I'd say they'd be probably the, the best team in the West right now, just with one move like that. Um, and Sean Marks now, I, I, I honestly don't know what he's doing with the Nets. He's got you know, pretty much just a whole boatload of, of wings who, who can shoot the three and, and play defense, but that's really about it. People are expecting him to m- make a lot of moves and actually kind of build somewhat of a team, but they've just got a whole lot of 3 and D players now, and I have no idea what he's doing. Um, I don't know, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing after making such big moves. But, yeah, that was the biggest move that I don't know a lot of people saw coming just based off the fact that reports were that Kevin Durant was, was happy to stay put in Brooklyn.
3: Well, he, he he does float, doesn't he? He has uh, always been one that floats around all, all KD. Um, you know, uh, yeah. we knew him, first of all, back in his time with the OKC when we, we sort of fell in love with him uh, alongside Stephen Adams, of course. But uh, he is a bit transient.
13: Definitely, definitely. I mean, he, he made that pretty, well, a, a lot of people loved it and I'd say majority of people hated it. Moved to the Golden State Warriors, won a couple of championships, moved to the Nets with Kyrie Irving and in the space of a couple of years it's kind of just absolutely capitulated in front of Sean Marks' eyes and he had three incredible players, arguably one of the best trails in a team the league's ever seen with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. In the space of 12 months, they are all gone and Through this Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving deal, I think Sean Marks got back maybe seven first-round picks. Great for rebuilding if he's going to rebuild, but again, I just don't know what Sean Marks and the Nets front office are doing or what they're thinking, because they've got a whole lot of reasonably good players. Some really good players came out of that Kevin Durant trade, Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, are good young players um, who could be all-stars in the future, but around them, I just don't know what else they've got. It's It's going to be very interesting to see what um, the summer holds for Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, I'd hate to have uh, my whole future in in basketball management hanging on the hands, the free-throw hands of Ben Simmons.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard that um, uh, insiders were saying that Ben Simmons has got one of the top three worst contracts in the NBA now. It's, It's pretty disappointing and pretty sad, really, to see how his career has ended up. And. Um, yeah, I mean, is this a sign that players just simply do not want to be playing in Brooklyn? I mean, is there something deeper to Sean Marks' team and in the the front office that people just don't like, or is it just that Curry Irving is just a a bit of a a nuisance and is just spreading these rumours about Brooklyn being a bad team because they didn't let him play because he was unvaccinated? I mean, who do you believe? I mean, I tend to want to, you know, pledge my allegiance to the fellow Kiwi, Sean Marks, and think that him and his front office are, are good people and doing a good job, but Oh, man, this has just been an absolute shambles, whatever way you look at it. Um, and, I mean, I'm happy for Kevin Durant that he's found a, a good team in Phoenix, a team that he wanted to go to. You love to see good players with good, with good teams like Phoenix. And, yeah. as I said, right now, he's, he's, he's at a contending team, and I, I think they're going to make a really a real run for, for the championship.
3: Well, if you're a Phoenix son fan, you, you've got optimism, but you just hope that his presence doesn't disrupt Um, because, you know, there is a bit of a trend there and everyone looks around KD and says, well, you know, it can't be his fault because he is such a pure basketball player, but you you just wonder a wee bit. What about the Mavericks? Uh, Kyrie's gone to the Mavericks um, alongside uh, Luka Doncic, who I rate as uh, one of the top players in the NBA, I've got to say, day in, day out. How will that um, mix go? Yeah,
13: this is an interesting one. I mean, Luka Doncic, as you say, one of the best um, and people will view him as one of the best if not the best players in the league right now he's young, he's, he's you know, got MVP caliber kind of talent they needed someone next to him um, and look, if we put all the baggage aside that Kerry even carries into a franchise he's a really, really good player um, he's an all-star starter this year I mean, that, that shows that he's, he's an incredible talent um, it's just the off-court stuff that kind of makes him a pretty expendable asset for, for a lot of teams that have happened in the past I think this will work out OK. Um, I mean, he's played one game with them last night, looked all right. Uh, Luca just needs another really high caliber player to make some noise. Um, but again, uh, I mean, they were going to want to make a run in the Western Conference. The Lakers, which will we'll touch John, wanted to make a run after the trade they made dealing Russell Westbrook. But now it's Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix, all eyes are on Phoenix now. LeBron would have been really happy with the trade and, and getting rid of Westbrook, which they've been trying to do for a long time. But now, this massive Phoenix deal has just completely flipped the script. Um, So, I mean, yeah, the Curry to Dallas thing to answer your question, I think it'll work out okay, but they they probably needed to add a few more, you know, kind of decent pieces um, to actually make some noise at come championship time.
3: You mentioned Russell Westbrook. Uh, Hugely interesting case is Russell Westbrook now. uh, He signed a five-year, $205 million extension with the Thunder. That was back in 2017. Had it run its course, he'd uh, still just be finishing up with them now. But uh, that was one of the largest or the largest contract in NBA history at the time in those five years. Now, he has since gone to the Rockets, the Wizards, the Lakers, and now the Jazz. Will he be happy in Utah?
13: Well, he won't actually play in Utah, is the short answer. Um, all signs are that he's going to get poured out, which means that the team doesn't need him. But Utah is a rebuilding team. They've got rid of a lot of their assets in these trades. They're they're looking to rebuild. They want to get Victor Wimbenyama, the French teen prodigy that's, you know, one pick in next year's draft. I think, by all signs, um, Russell will actually stay in LA, and he'll actually join the LA Clippers, um, as per a buyout candidate. Um, There's also the Miami Heat, which look to be interested. Um, But the the LA Clippers just got rid of two of their point guards in some trades, so they've actually got a spot there that they need to fill. So, by all cases they've, they've got a spot there, they'll probably let Russell Westbrook's agent know that the spot is there and they're ready um, to buy out his contract. While well, Utah will buy it out and then they'll claim him right. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens. Russell Westbrook is still an incredible talent, he just um, his attitude towards a kind of shifting with the league and coming off the bench and, and changing his ways has just not been met due to his kind of ego. And you know, I mean, look, he's he's an MVP, he's He's, he's got the most triple-doubles in NBA history. I mean, he's an incredible talent, but he's just needing to move with the times, and this could be, hopefully, a bit of a wake-up call that, you know, you went through his, his team history in the last five years. He's been for a lot of different states in America, and, I mean, if he can stay in LA and, and go to the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, that would be a good move. I'd, I'd be happy to see that, and, uh, you know, being a Thunder fan back in the day with, with Stephen Adams doing that team and seeing Russell Westbrook, You've you, you got to hope for the best for him, and um, I'd like to see him go to the LA Clippers and, and stay in LA.
3: Well, you mentioned Steven Adams there, uh, which is uh, interesting in itself because uh, he's not on the course at the moment, uh, on the court at the moment. But what about Memphis? How did they fare in the trade? Was there much activity there? Not
13: much activity at all, to be honest, They actually they got rid of a couple of players, they got rid of um, Danny Green, who was former NBA champion in himself two times, um, one with the Spurs and one with the Raptors. Um, but he's he's now gone to Houston. They picked up um, a guy called Luke Kennard who is actually from the LA Clippers who so I just mentioned. He's a good wing player, good 3 and D shooter. Um, you know, teams always need those kind of people. Um, so no, I think it was, they could have made some noise. I'm, I'm sure they would have put some bids in to, for Kevin Durant, but they would have had to give up a lot of their young talent and they're a young team looking at, to, to build a, a really strong core Kind of in the same blueprint as what the Golden State Warriors have done in the past. So I would say that uh, they'll be happy with that little move they made. They were, you know, Danny Green wasn't doing much for them, and Luke Kennard's a good player. So um, no, good, good move by Memphis all around.
3: Right, Toronto fans will be interested to see that uh, they brought back a player they drafted and developed, an Austrian big man Yaki Uh But uh, is this a move that makes sense for them?
13: Yeah, the Raptors are an interesting one. Uh, no producer Logan will be. Um, having a few question marks going on in his head because they were the ones who, by all means, were, were controlling the trade deadline. They had three kind of all-NBA-caliber players, Fred Van Vliet, uh Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi, um, who were all on the on the market, and they didn't move any of them. And they bought back Yaku Turtle, as you mentioned, from the Spurs. He, he played there. He was drafted there. He got dealt in the Kawhi Leonard deal back in the day, and you remember Kawhi Leonard went there and, and won the championship. Um, but he's back there now. I think they just wanted to bring someone back who they're familiar with. He's a good talent. They needed a centre, so they've got their centre. So, um, he's on an expiring contact, a contract, so they'll need to re-sign him in the off-season. Um, but I think for Toronto, they probably just didn't find the value they wanted for their players, and at least now they have tested the market. They've kind of seeked what value um, you know they can get for each of their players should they want to do something in the summer. But, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a move for at least one of those three players I mentioned, but, I mean... Uh, there was just so much going on. I think once that KD deal went went down, um, I guess a lot of front offices and teams would have just gone into full pandemonium and panic mode. And the Raptors probably would have been one of those teams, to be honest. So um, look, they've got Jakob now. I don't know whether they'll, you know, make much noise in the Eastern Conference um, for the rest of the season. But yeah, it'd be really Raptors will probably be the team, one of the premier teams to watch in the summer to see what moves they make.
3: George Hill, who's uh, been quite a fixture at the Bucks, has uh, now gone to the Pacers. Good move.
13: Serge Barker, did you say something? George Hill? Oh, George Hill. He's gone to the Pacers, is he? See, I didn't even know that.
3: Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, one,
13: one that we've come through with something for you. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, George Hill, and I believe Serge Barker has also gone to the Pacers. George Hill, yeah, he's a pretty handy bit player. He, he has been really handy for, for the Bucks in the past, but age is kind of catching up to him now. And um, I actually don't know how much of a role he'll have with the Pacers. He might be a, a good veteran to have alongside their all-star Tyrese Halliburton, who is going to come back. boy, well, he's actually back from the arena. now. Sergio Buck is an, old, an older player who was on that championship team with um, Toronto and also with Stephen Adams at the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what George Hill can do for the Pacers. Could be a handy little veteran to have. And I don't know. Sergio Bucker could be a, a buyout candidate with the Pacers, to be honest. I don't really see him getting much time on the court, but I could be wrong.
3: Any teams that were relatively quiet over that trade period that uh, surprised you with their inactivity?
13: Yeah, we mentioned Memphis. I I mean, they they could have really made a big splash. I mean, especially with this KD move, this this is going to send the Western Conference teams into a bit of a spin, because Memphis... I mean, they should still be feeling confident. They're up there in the top, you know, top two or three teams. Um in the Western Conference, um, but now with this Phoenix move, I mean,
14: <laughs> things are
13: going are really going to change in, in the Western Conference, and the Mavericks will be looking to make some noises. I mentioned with Kyrie Irving, I don't know. Yeah, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, um, the Raptors really could have got some value, but yeah, their GM, Masai Ujiri, is a, um, he likes to keep his cards close to his chest, and those who he's actually drafted or bought it himself, he... He holds them in very, very high regard, and um, those three players were all drafted or bought in by the team. So, I mean, uh, the Lakers, as I mentioned before, they, they, you know, they got rid of Westbrook. They got um, yeah, two or three really, really good role players um, who who will make some really, really good contributions to their team come playoff time. And LeBron will be able to just tell them, you know, as soon as I pass you the ball, just shoot the ball, like just shoot the ball wherever you are. He, he needed shooters. The key to building a a good team around LeBron, which has been um, tried and tested, is just getting them shooters, and they could they could really make a run. They could if these players really buy in. They also got a a center from the Orlando Magic called Mo Bamba, who will be able to contribute, you know, some minutes off the bench. And got rid of a couple of players that they just didn't really need anymore, kind of um, just soaking up minutes more than actually adding much value. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It It was a bit of a a crazy deadline by the end of it there. Um, the Golden State Warriors could have made some, some bigger moves. They ended up bringing back a, a piece, Gary Payton second son of Gary Payton, um, you know, NBA 75 greatest players. Um, you know, he was in the, the championship team last year. They brought him back to the Blazers. Um, other than that, just some nice kind of smaller deals here and there, but nothing major and, and no other real, real teams apart from the ones I've mentioned that that I was looking for deals, but you know, all eyes are going to be on Phoenix now. This is um, going to be a, a huge, a huge second half of the season.
3: Good on you, George. Always great to catch up with you because uh, no one likes, no one's, uh, knows the NBA like you do, from our point of view anyway. Uh, have a great day, mate. Thank you.
13: Cheers, Smithy. Go well, mate.
3: Yeah, cheers. Uh, go well yourself. 9.48 here on SENZ.
0: Brand are experts in agriculture Covering your equipment, parts and service needs To help you succeed in your
2: field Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to
4: hold up,
12: Know when to Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away Know when to run.
4: Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today.
3: Well, it was a poor day yesterday for Otago cricket. Both uh, the Volts and the Sparks got beaten, so uh, our multi was uh, nowhere near successful there. So let's hope for better things over the weekend. Uh, the Brisbane Roar to, to take on uh, the Central Coast Mariners. I think that will be a draw. I already do. Three dollars forty can't separate those two sides. So three dollars forty there, and that's the value for the weekend. I think the Wellington Blaze will uh, carry on pretty much their winning way, although they were beaten last time. I think they'll beat Canterbury um, in the big final uh, of the Super Smash there. So $1.42. And I'm going to go on Brian's advice. I'm going UFC. I'm going Makachev to beat Volkanovski at $1.26. It's uh, over the weekend. Big UFC action in Australia. Uh, So that'll uh, net you $6.08. $6.08. We're going to talk cricket after the break uh, with Paul Wiseman, former Black Cap, of course, uh, high performance. He's involved in with the spin bowling side of New Zealand cricket. That'll be interesting. All shortly.
0: Agriculture Covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets
2: past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Yeah, say a little prayer for you That's uh, another one of those Bert uh, baccarat classics Of course uh, Bert passing away at the age of uh, 94 Say a little prayer for you That might go for our next guest Who I understand's got uh, a few little health issues um, Maybe a gastric problem or two I hope he's able to last long enough to uh, get through this interview uh, Paul Wiseman of course um, Well known to cricket fans in New Zealand Former black cap uh, of course, has got a, a high-performance uh, coaching role with New Zealand as well, particularly in the spin bowling department. Uh, he's been in the subcontinent, uh, has Paul. Uh, he's also been with the New Zealand eleven for the last couple of days in their uh, match-up against uh, England with the white ball as a prelude to the test match next week. So uh, I think good opportunity to, to chat with Paul on a number of issues. Uh, a man I used to play with and a man I used to call Wiz. I don't know if I still can. G'day, Mor- Wiz. How are you this morning?
15: Very well, thanks, mate. How are you?
3: Very well, or not so well? Uh,
15: yeah, fair to, fair, to, fair to middling. Picked up a wee bug just <laughs> leaving India, so that seems to be lingering. But hopefully we'll get through this chat.
3: <laughs> yeah, hopefully we will. We'll know where uh, we have gone if it starts to echo a wee bit. Right, here we go. Uh, right, you, um, tell us about your role. Tell us, uh, tell us about uh, your role with New Zealand cricket these days. It's an interesting one, because spin bowling is a pretty hot topic.
15: Yeah, it is. Uh sort of morphed a little bit out of talent ID, more into spin bowling and, and helping our young fellas coming through the um, you know, trying to keep the pathway coming through. So it's many and varied through from under nineteens right through to overseas and helping out with black caps in India over the last couple of weeks. So um it's like I said, many and varied and, and I love the job, so um yeah, it, you know, get to work with a wide range of players, male and female. So I'm, I'm loving it.
3: How, how did you enjoy the uh, Indian experience?
15: Oh, look, I, I I love going to India. Um, it's the best place to learn in the world, and and um, and you know, we've I'm sure a lot of our guys have come back with a lot of things to um to take away from that tour. It's full on. It's in your face. Um, and the stadiums are, are incredible. The, the crowds are amazing. And, and, and we're very well looked, looked after it. I think, although the, the series didn't go our way, I think we got ourselves in position. And and a few of those games, where we actually could have gone across the line. I think we've gone our way. So um, certainly not all doom and gloom. And a couple of players really put their hands up, which is fantastic.
3: Paul, one of the most... Uh talked about subjects when people text in and we start talking about the New Zealand cricket side as the spin bowling side of it and the fact that we don't tend to uh, encourage it, I think uh, most people would tend to say in this country with our conditions and uh, what we've tended to do over the years. Does that frustrate you as uh, a person trying to develop spin uh, in this country?
15: Yeah, but I understand at the same same time. Obviously, you'd love to see more tests, wickets turning a bit more here but I suppose we get those overseas and it's it's very much about you know winning in your backyard you know, we don't tend to go to India and get green seamers so that's just the nature of the beast these days and, and our job I suppose is to develop these guys so they're ready when they do get the chance and you know through a cricket and overseas experiences so uh, we're, we're trying we're trying to get a little bit maybe a little bit funky with um, some Plunket shield cricket and trying to experiment with trying to find some pitches that we can get to turn to encourage not only our spinners but our captains and our batters against them. so um, hope, hopefully that um, comes to fruition and, and we see the benefits of that down the track.
3: Are you confident um, that not just what we see at the top level at the moment, but uh, coming through the ranks that the, that the artist spin bowling is is going to be in good shape in New Zealand?
15: Yeah, I am actually. Um, look, we've got. You no, know, I, I think if we compare ourselves, maybe with England at the moment, I think we're well ahead in terms of what we've got at the top, but also what we've got coming through. i has spent a bit of time with David Patel and Bears over the last couple of days, and there's doesn't there seem to be a huge amount coming through there. Um, we've got a couple of young exciting spinners, and like Aditi Ashok and Tim Pringle, and, and then obviously we've got AJ Zanich and and Michael Bracewell and and Kose and. And Michael Rippon so we have got a fair bit here which is great um, it's just given like I said before giving them the opportunities to develop their games outside of New Zealand as well
3: well Ajaz Patel took spin bowling to the headlines the top of the headlines uh, you know I mean 10 wickets and in innings is uh, an unbelievably good performance and then it appears from outside looking in that he sort of drifted off the radar a wee bit where's Ajaz at the, at the moment and in, in your thinking
15: I still think he's right up there. He's um you know, he uh, I think he's a he's a wonderful bowler. Things didn't go quite his way in, in Pakistan and that can that can happen. Um, you know, he he's a guy that gets very few opportunities unfortunately, like we've just alluded to. And um there's a lot of lot of cricketers that get plenty of opportunities just because of the conditions, so you know, it it probably feels for him like he's always on trial. Um um, and so, you know, Ish, which was brilliant, Ish uh, really stepped up in India, which in, uh, in Pakistan, which in WRAP for, and, and Michael Bracewell did as well. So we had two of our three going really, really well. And AJ's, um certainly didn't let himself down, but it probably wasn't uh, the impact that he wanted to have, you know, on the back of an incredible feat, like you said, in India. So um, still in my mind, still a big future for, for, for Jazzy. What?
3: Uh, well, I, cert, you know, I certainly hope so, and and you mentioned Ish Sodhi, and of course Michael Bracewell, both of whom are in the extended squad for this first test at uh, the Bay Oval starting uh, next week. Uh, Michael Bracewell, his development as uh, from the spin bowling side of things, uh, Paul. In your mind, I mean, I I think in the past we've tended to, to look to to bolster that that spin bowling area with a guy who can absolutely bat as well uh we know brace will bat. but what about his development as a as a, a raw off spinner
15: oh it's been incredible how quickly he has learned i mean i saw him a number of years ago and i'd sort of encouraged him to stop bowling medium and keeping a bowl at because he reminded me very much of a old friend of yours as well johnny bracelet his uncle and um the guy's got big hands, he can rip a ball, he bowls a very attacking line, um, but quickly he's learnt on his feet at international level, he's been pretty phenomenal, and, and hopefully not dying out, but one that's under threat a little bit uh, with offspin. Um, he spins the ball, he, he's um, very open to learning, um, and you know, we're bloody lucky to have someone like Sid who can feel bat and bowl. Um, in our ranks now, and a guy who's who's got a lot of cricket under his belt and is very mature, so I think all those things have um, lined up pretty well for us, and um, hopefully that, that rise continues.
3: All right, so that'll be a, a choice between either of those, I would imagine, going into that test match, depending on how uh, the pitch lasts, and of course, bearing in mind it's a, a, a pink ball test match as well. Of course, you've been um, first-hand, as you said, you've uh, spent a bit of time with... Um, with Jeets and, and of course, Bears, which means England uh, have been in town, and you've been uh, witnessing them first up. You got the first taste of the type of cricket they want to play these days. What did you make of the England batting lineup?
15: Oh, look, they're a really exciting team to watch. Uh, they they play test cricket, like they play one day cricket. Um, you know, and on the on a pretty flat surface at Seddon as well, they are um, pretty hard to contain. Uh, great to watch, as I said, and and I think it's going to make the really exciting series and the way they're playing and the brand of cricket they're playing I think is got the world talking about test cricket again which is fantastic um you know and and there'll be two contrasting styles of cricket I think um which will make the, the series even more interesting
3: so how do how do we contain I mean the way I look at it they're going to come at most of our bowling attack but when we do introduce spin I've got a sneaking suspicion Brendan will give them a, a very much a free licence there. How do we contain? How do we, how do we look at uh, preventing that onslaught?
15: I think they've got a free licence for every every bowler they face. Um, so you you are going to be under pressure, but we've got some reasonably experienced bowlers. I think you've, you're probably going to end up... The, you've got to understand you're going to go for some boundaries the way they play, um, but it's also going to create some chances as well. You'll probably see a little bit more of the in-out fields. you spinners have got to be clear about how they're trying to get trying to get each player out Um, but you're going to have to be be able to defend a little bit as well so I think number one thing is for a spinner or any bowler is first and foremost we've got to get 20 wickets so you've got to have a positive intent or understanding about how you're going to get them out rather than just defending them Um, because they will get out at some stage but it's just uh, how you limit that and and, and making sure your plans are bang on so it'll be... um, Oh, it'll be a test match I can't wait to see.
3: Cole Jameson, how did he get through the exercise? Yeah, good. He's, he's worked hard over the last
15: however many months it is. He's worked very hard on his not only his bowling, but his batting as well. And that's, He's done a lot of work with Bob Carter, and that's starting to look really good. Um, and, you know, he, he, he bowled, bowled pretty well, especially when he got the second pink ball um, when it was just starting to get a little bit darker. And he, he got the ball swinging again, which is great, and he had a good bowl on the nets yesterday morning to back up, and another one in the afternoon. So he's trying to build those loads up so he can be ready for some part of the series.
3: The um, batting side of things, um, you, you experimented with your lineup. How do you feel that came through? Who were your standouts
15: for the New Zealand eleven? Yep. Um, yeah, a couple of our young fellas were, were outstanding. Actually, young Jacob Cumming, who, who's just a month and a half ago was playing in our national under nineteen tournament. He, Fell just short of his fifty and looked looked classy doing it against obviously pretty handy bowling attack. Um, and then and then young Quinn Sunday got nine yesterday and it was a real shame he didn't didn't get his hundred, but he batted beautifully and and the English themselves were were commenting very highly on the on the way he played. So so that was that was really exciting to see and and young Jared McCoy bowled with some good pace and that on that first day and picked up three poles so. Um, really nice to expose these guys to that and open their eyes to to cricket at that level and and also cricket that cricket played the way it's been played by by England. So fantastic experience from those young fellas.
3: Uh Paul, um, we've just got a text in from uh, James who just says, um, "What about Joe Walker? What are his prospects?" So uh, it's not a player I'm too familiar with. So help us out there.
15: Yeah, another lovely off spinner um, from ND. Uh He went away with us with the A's on to India. He's he's suffered from a few little, uh, a wrist injury recently,
11: so his, uh,
15: his play this domestic season has been a little bit um, curtailed, so hoping to get him back in because he's a lovely, lovely off spinner. Um, and that's, that sort of adds to the depth that I was talking about before. I even forgot to mention Mitch Satner, who I think is at the top of his game right now, and and I think we shouldn't forget him as a, as a guy that could bowl at that, that next level um, in test cricket as well. But as, white, as a white ball bowler, I don't think there's anyone better in the world at the moment. So I, think, I don't know if we've ever, ever actually been stronger with our spin bowling ranks.
3: How do you make a ball spin? I mean, I mean, how do you how do you get it to turn? I mean, in Santner's case, for instance, we know he's a wonderful um, change of pace bowler. We know he, his his flight is very, very good. But one of the big, um, uh, I guess, judgments against him is he's never been a terrific spinner of the ball. How can you, even now can you develop that? Can you can you increase that?
15: You can. I mean. Look, we played on some wickets that are reasonably helpful in in India, um, and he did turn the ball, um, and and he can. He's got really good wrist control. Um, I actually, I think, I'm not. I don't completely agree that he doesn't turn the ball much. When he has, he hasn't always played on um, turning wickets in New Zealand, and and I think he bowled pretty well against England at Tauranga last last time they played. Actually, um, helped win the game. So. Yeah, I don't completely buy into the fact that he doesn't turn the ball a lot, um, and I think he's developing all the time. He's a guy that's, you know, as you know, he's an intelligent man and and always trying to think ahead. So, um, yeah, I don't completely buy into the fact that he doesn't turn the ball much.
3: Okay, okay, cool. it, mate. I know I can I can hear the background. You've probably been called for your flight. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you go, mate. And uh, hey, thanks thanks for the update on the spin bowling. Uh, depth in, in the country, it's always a question uh, asked uh, a lot on the station so thanks for the update there and uh, uh, all the very best going forward uh, thanks for your time No,
15: no problem at all,
3: thanks really Yeah cheers, Paul Wiseman there folks uh, you can tell in the background he was uh, at an airport uh, ready to board his flight so uh, wish him all the best there and uh, yeah, there was some encouraging signs Quin uh, Sunday, 91, 91 outstanding performance there and yes Jacob coming, uh, he'll have a very proud uh father and mother um craig and penny they'll be very happy that um uh, all those cricket bats that they've bought over the years are starting to produce some runs at a very high level so and uh you know i've got another one in zach coming through as well the coming family uh, might be the next big family in new zealand cricket keep an eye out for them but that is outstanding performance um uh, to open the batting against Broaden and Anderson, score 48 and look accomplished and polished at the age of 19. Earmark that fellow, 1018 here on SENZ.
0: Burton in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of
2: sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Big talk, big opinions, the panel.
4: That
3: to me, yeah. Yeah. We have uh, Victor Waters from TVNZ with us this morning and uh, David Long who is uh, perched up in the studio looking quite comfortable too in that seat I, I think it's fair to say. Um, David we'll start with you this morning I know you're in the building for a, a, a very important press conference coming up very shortly but if I can take you back to uh, what happened last night with the, the Warriors. Uh, first impressions, David, because you've been to trainings,
16: you've been to press conferences, you've actually seen them play a little bit now. What did you think? Yeah, hi there, Ian. I, I was very impressed with last night. Um, uh, I guess one of, the, one of the sort of the keys was, it, was that the, they'd all felt they'd had a good pre-season uh, training and it was whether they, they actually you know, that turned out to be the case against a, a live opposition and, and I, I thought they, they'd do very well. You could see some of um, what Andrew Webster's trying to do with the team and it's a bit uh, a bit different to how they played before. With, with the halves, um, Timari Martin and Luke Metcalf, they're both running the ball, a lot more attacking. We've seen a lot of, uh, I think, over the last few years, the halves at the Warriors, especially Cody Nicarima, were not really doing that much, just getting the ball and, and passing the out wide. But I think we're going to see a lot more attacking play from the halves, uh, Andrew Webster, at, at the Warriors. What about the... The, the
3: defence? You happy with the, what you saw in the defence?
16: Yeah, very solid. I mean, you know, there's a lot of players missing last night. There's going to be 10 players who didn't play in that game who are going to be uh, in the team for when they play the Storm in Christchurch next weekend. But it was a lot of commitment on, on the goal line defence. You could see that they were standing up. It wasn't um, as if they were they thought, oh, it's only a trial. If they get a few tries, it doesn't really matter that much. And I was also in play, p- impressed with how some of the younger guys or the New South Wales, New South Wales Cup Squad players uh, stepped up when they came in for the last sort of period in that game. Again, you can you can see you know um, teams leak a few points when there's inexperienced players coming in. But um, I think one of the keys is that there's four, as I think I've said to you before there's four empty spots on that wor- uh, Warriors roster for this year, and they've been players have been told you know if you if you impress and you stand up well you you got a chance. And I did have heard that one of the guys last night um, I can't say yet he's going to be offered a contract in the next couple of days for the 30 men squad. Oh well, that is impressive then, uh, uh,
3: Victor. Good morning to you. Um, do we do we afford ourselves a bit of excitement about the Warriors early on, or, oh. or just we just better sit back a bit longer? You reckon?
8: <laughs> the amount of people that I've seen uh, online saying it's uh, yeah, year it is a bit a Few days yet, but there, there were some promising signs. I think um, the energy was good, particularly from the young guns, um, and and the. Uh, in particular really impressive. I think um and and Luke Metcalf combined really well for their first game together. Um, but it is early days. Um, but I think you're getting to see Webster's influence um, and standards, I feel, like, uh, are going up in the team. Um, so, I it's a positive sign moving forward, but got long, long way to go.
3: Victor, it's an interesting uh, comment coming from Sam Kane, uh, calling for New Zealand rugby to limit off-field distractions to focus on the Rugby World Cup. That's interesting in itself. Yeah, look, I kind
8: of agree with him. Um, it, this does nothing to... I mean, look, what we're just over six months away from a Rugby Cup. This doesn't really help, it doesn't help the team, this uncertainty. Um, you know, and Mark Robertson not coming forward and, and really sort of being a bit more transparent about it would would, I think, be a lot more helpful um, for the entire playing group. Um, but, yes, yeah, look, I, I completely understand what Sam Kane's saying. Uh, they don't need these distractions, especially after the season they had last year. Um, but, you know, who knows? who knows where, what's going to happen some very uh, interesting couple of weeks coming ahead after this uh, is
3: I don't think, David, in my history, it's just quite a long one, um, of... <laughs> You know, following the All Blacks in particular, um, we've had a more turbulent time in terms of administration. V, uh, you know, v the coaching staff, the coaching setup, and with the public involved. Um, and I, I guess there have been times with the Cavaliers and uh, those sorts of things. The Springboks in 81-82 was a ter- turbulent time. But in terms of just basic administration, answering questions, um, you and the media probably um, are best judged
16: to to, to call on that. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think I think people would like some clarity. I think it's a bit um, over the top though to say you know we need to know whether Scott Robertson is going to be the next coach. Um names you know straight away. um I think it's similar. To, I guess the last time there was a similar sort of situation was when Robbie Deans was was maybe going for the job, but that was after the World Cup, after that failure in France in 2007. And this time we've got it. We've got it now because I guess we've got a, a very very popular coach at the Crusaders and someone at the at the All Blacks who hasn't really captured. I guess the. the um, support from the New Zealand public, and or well, hasn't had the results for it. Um, I guess you know it would be nice to just to say, look, you know, this is what the process we're going to do uh, after the World Cup. We're not going to talk about it again until then. Really, I, I can't see the um, the point in in saying to Ian Foster or, or coming out and saying you're not going to be the coach after this World Cup. Um, because if he if he does have a fantastic mm. World Cup, is it is it really fair to to, to dump mm. him after that? Oh, I think that's a fair, a fair point, I've, I've been trying to make that uh,
3: point to a few people as well I mean if he goes through unbeaten David, uh, he wins the World Cup, he obviously will have kept the Low Cup, he'll have won the Rugby Championship as such, and he wins the World Cup, I mean w- w- what more do you have to do? Um, you know I mean at, at that point I think he holds the cards.
16: Well that's right, I mean we, we went through all of this last year didn't we, when, after the bad results and they, they backed him and they said we're going he's our man, we're going to stick with him. Um... And, and then so in the middle of the summer, we start opening up that uh, debate again. It, it does seem, you know, a, a, a bit, uh, well, a, a bit odd really, but I guess, you know, the All Blacks is always something everybody's keen on talking about anyway. Sure is, and I suppose that's
3: a, a good thing in a way. What about this bizarre story, uh, Victor, coming out of um, English manager Will Still, which is an interesting name in itself, but he manages uh, Ream, the league side reem Ream, I think they, we put them in their multi the other day. Uh, he hasn't got a UEFA UEFA for A-level uh, coaching degree, and the club is fined 40,000 per game. Now that is interesting.
8: Yes, yeah, um, one of my most more fav- uh, favourite favourite stories to have put together. Gosh, it's um, pretty. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So Will still um, has no UEFA A licence, meaning he's not qualified for elite or management. So. Um, like most of the top leagues um, in Europe, um, you have to have that coordination in order to coach. Otherwise, you're fine. And that's the situation that uh, Hong find themselves in. Um, at the I feel like I've bloody jinxed the guy because um, they're on a fourteen match run and uh, they went and lost uh, yesterday. So it's um, quite uh, fortunate on my behalf. But um, yeah, it's a great story. Um, oh, 30 years old, so it's pretty incredible that he's had this rise, uh, you know, from coaching Preston North End under 14, all the way to the top tier of French football and keeping PSG to a draw.
3: It is staggering, actually. I can't get that uh, 10.31 here on SENZ. We'll take a short news break I know David's uh, a bit Restricted for time He's got uh, other things To do in the building But we'll come back And get a, a couple of Quick comments from David And more from Victor Waters as well But uh, in the meantime Here's uh, some news From Aroha
12: Vodafone
2: has one Awesome summer of sport Lined up for you
3: Big talk Big opinions The panel talk,
4: talk,
17: talk to me yeah.
3: Victor Waters is with us, uh, courtesy of uh, TVNZ and uh, David Long, of course, uh, highly respected journalist, uh, is actually sitting in the studio. David, you're sitting in the studio for um, a reason and that reason is uh, you're expecting an announcement uh, around about 11 o'clock, we all are actually, um, from New Zealand Rugby about the successor to Wayne Smith, hard to believe that... um, the name uh, Razor Robertson won't come up at some point throughout the press conference as well but what are you expecting out of this have you heard any rumours are we are we going to go um, the, um, uh, the female head coach way or what are we thinking here
16: well I have no inside information on it but I think it's um, either going to be Alan Bunting or Wesley Clark who we were both assistants before I'd, I'd be surprised if it's not one of them two I don't know if it will an outside will come in um, whether they want to Give it to someone who hasn't sort of worked in the the area of women's rugby before. I, I, I'm not sure, um, and I'm I don't know yet if um, there's a, a women's coach who's um, who would be. I don't, maybe they might not see as been at that level yet to to coach the Black Ferns. Obviously, that's got to be the goal, and that's got to happen sooner rather than later. That um, the Black Ferns are coached by a woman. Um, But I don't think it's going to be yet, but we might see some more, I guess, assistant coaches coming into that area who are are women. Do do we know what Wayne Smith's going to do? I mean, has has he had any indications
3: about home or away, or or just retirement?
16: Oh, I think it's retirement, really. Um, I mean, he was pretty much semi-retired or close to it before this came along, and I think he sort of, you know his hand up in an hour of need for the, for the Black Ferns and New Zealand Rugby to take the job for the World Cup and you know it's it's um, it's I guess sort of enhanced his legacy although you know as you, you probably know Wayne as well Ian he he, you know, he's not about ego with him it's always about what he feels he can contribute and, and doing for the best for, for any team he's involved in and that's why he's such a, a great guy um, but I think that this, we probably won't see Wayne around a coaching uh, team again. Okay
3: interesting yeah. Uh... Uh, Victor, what do, you, what do you make of uh, what you think will come out of it? I, I know these days um, the, the Black Ferns attract as much media attention as as, as most rugby sides uh, in the country. So TVNZ will have a vested interest there. What are you expecting to come out of it?
8: Yeah, I don't have any inside information either. I, I think Ellen Bunting is an interesting choice and, and probably one for me that would make the most. During his work with the seventh side, and he, and he knows a lot of the team, so does you know, with Clark as well. Bunting, I think, has been really successful in the Sevens program, and, and, you know, we saw the Sevens program being a big foundation of the Black Ferns World Cup. So I think that's a continuation of Wayne Smith's work in a way. Um, and I know that the girls love, love um, Bunting and, and they're very close with him, and um, I'm sure he'll he'll do a good job if it's him. Um, but, yeah, and you also mentioned eventually it is a, a woman leading the charge, and um, hopefully we're a bit closer to that.
3: David, um, what did you see out of the score lines uh, coming out of Hamilton and the two day exercise between uh, New Zealand and the English 11? Um, I, I just wonder um, did we get any guides or we just know that England are going to come hell for leather at us?
16: I Oh, yeah, I think we all knew that was going to be the case. That they're going to, you know, Ball's going to be there. Um, they've got a lot of runs in the in the two day game. Um, I guess a good point from New Zealand's point of view is that Carl Jameson um, uh, got to bowl, got to bowl a fair bit, and it's good to see to see him in there. Um, you know, as you probably know, way more than me, you know, um, practice games before Test matches. You know, I guess it's it's a good way for the bad batters to get in get in their eye in for it probably more so than the bowlers um, getting used to the conditions or not but um, I think it's um, you know we can sort of park it now and and look forward to I think what's going to be a very very exciting two test series and I I think there's probably not just because of um, the Brendan McCullum factor but uh, as a part of it but I think there's probably more excitement um, for these tests uh, than there has been for any tests in New Zealand for, for quite a long time. And we haven't had fantastic test series in the, in here, in the country, for, for the last couple of years. And I think this is one that's that's really, get, or as you've seen by ticket sales already, has really captured the public's imagination.
3: Yeah, absolutely right, David. The first three days at the basin, we're told, are sold out. Uh, I can't remember that. Um, three days. Anyway, first day, yeah, three days? Not sure. Uh, so, Victor, there will be immense interest, I think, in this series, which is really, I think, going to be the defining point of, uh, of two things. One, where we are with our test side at the moment, and two, the New Zealand's cricketing summer.
8: Yeah, who said it was dying, eh? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's hugely exciting. It's hugely exciting um, brand of cricket that the English cricket team play, and I think, you know, absolutely credit to Brendan McCullum and um,
14: to of
8: you know, the confidence. Um, that he speaks with, and you really see that resonate with his players and how his players play. I mean, he brought off some outrageous shots in those warm-up games. And, you know, um, Stokes wasn't really part of it. So I think for me, it's going to be really interesting to see Kyle Jameson. Um I think he holds the big key in, in, in holding a chance against the English. I think he brings an ability and, and an edge to the bowling attack that's uh, been lacking. So um, I think he's going to be a big key in, in terms of getting a result against England, but they are overwhelming favourites. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to see the, the sort of creative and um, expansive form of Test cricket um, that hopefully we'll be getting for the next uh, couple of weeks.
3: David, just before uh, you leave, I know you've, uh, you've got those, uh, that press conference to get to is it feasible i joked about it a wee bit this morning in my sermon but is it it, is it feasible that scott robertson could do as a head coach what jason ryan was doing out of the crusaders in other words jason ryan would go and spend time once the crusaders were finished helping out at fiji is it conceivable that he could do that and the Buller word the other day and that was was (laughs) there is more in
16: it than people made I, i think it um it certainly is but um you'd have to wonder what um I mean, it, it works out timing-wise to do that, and I'm sure Fiji would lo- would love to have a a great coach like Scott Robertson do it. But what does that what what's, what does Scott Robertson do after that? Does he do that and then go back to the Crusaders? I mean, it, it seems inevitable, I guess, that this is going to be his last season as, as the Crusaders coach. Does he do Fiji? I, I don't know whether he would be satisfied doing Fiji beyond the World Cup and you know mm-hmm. long term, or you know I I, I, I assume that a top job in the Six Nations would probably be more appealing to him than, than, to, um, than to coach Fiji um, but in terms of doing Fiji straight after Super, uh, super Rugby yeah I think that's, a, that's an absolute possibility for him I think it is too
3: Victor and I, I'll tell you why I, I think it wouldn't affect his chances to do the All Blacks because hey uh, you're, not, you're working with something but it would develop him as a coach or take him out of his comfort zone which he surely sits in after all his success down there in Christchurch. It takes him out of that comfort zone, gives him experience in international rugby before he takes on the very big job. Uh, he'll get a few bucks in his back pocket, uh, and there's no, you know, there's uh, a, def- a definitive line there, and that it's just for the World Cup. Could it happen?
8: Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. And It's interesting you say that because, you know, word out of England um, when he was linked to the to the England job, they were quite unsure about him, because he didn't have international experience. So, look, it's, it's only, I mean, if this it should come to fruition, I, I can only see that as a positive for him and his journey. And of course it wouldn't rule out an all that job in the future. It's an interesting possibility. I mean, Razor is just so talented. I think he is the best coach going at the moment. Um, anyone would want him, he'd be silly enough. I mean, he's just, he, he the way he thinks and the way his idea of rugby is so far ahead of the announcement I can think of in, in World Rugby at the moment. Um, so look,
3: he, he could make a very formidable and interesting TGM in this World Cup I, I think it's a a really interesting concept, put it that way uh, Hey Victor, thank you very much for your time this morning, I look forward to talking to you again David, uh, thanks for uh, coming into the studio and um, um, all the best at the press conference, uh, we're taking it as well here so we'll look forward to your questions from the floor as well, thank you very much sir Thanks very much Cheers uh, uh, to both of you, and uh, we'll have another panel on uh, Monday morning to wash up what's happened over the weekend and sport around New Zealand. It's 10:42 here on SCNZ.
7: Thanks to the SCNZ app, I've been tuning in at all hours of the day, from Izzy to Ricardo. What a roster we have on SCNZ. It's Kiwi for sport.
2: While you're out walking to get some much-needed exercise while battling the elements and wishing you were somewhere more welcoming with someone to talk to, mm. it's worth knowing that right now. Elsewhere in Aotearoa, an ACC Live Stronger for Longer strength and balance class is taking place, where over 65s are warmly welcomed and not only gain strength and balance, they gain new friends that they can then go walking with for many years to come. ACC. Prevention. Care. Recovery. It's what
0: we're doing right now. Dreaming of falling asleep quickly and having the best rejuvenating sleep you've had in years? A temper electric adjustable bed from Bedpost is the ultimate lifestyle enhancement. It's preset zero-G position that will transport you to the perfect relaxation zone with a flick of a button, positioning your body at zero gravity, meaning you'll enjoy relieved muscle tension, improved circulation and breathing, all for the best night's sleep. Find a store near you and discover these amazing beds and mattresses at bedpost.co.nz A game of touch is great in summer
18: but if you're scoring the match winning try you can't be cooking dinner Get your Macca's favourites delivered straight to your door with Delivery. Dinner sorted, that's a real win-win Ba-da-ba-ba-ba
14: T's and C's apply
1: PGG Rights and Turf has been breeding turf grass seeds suitable for New Zealand race courses for over 40 years They focus on the delivery of high performance turf grass solutions from seed and turf maintenance products to nutrition plans and agronomic advice, their driven team is equipped with the technical knowledge and market leading products to help you achieve the best possible solution. To find out more about how they can help with your Racecourse turf grass requirements, visit pggrightsandturf.com.
0: SENZ Radio.NZ From rugby to racing, from going
6: football,
0: bowls to basketball. NRL to A-League. Cricket to tennis. When it happens in sport, we're on it. it. And New Zealand have all the momentum now. For all the latest and breaking news, head to senzradio.nz. SENZ, it's Kiwi for Sport.
18: New Zealand's dairy industry is feeding the world New Zealand exports milk to over 100 countries around the globe and GrainCorp Feeds is proud to partner with dairy farmers like you to make more milk nationwide All across the country GrainCorp has a range of dairy feeds, high level technical support and customisable feed solutions to help you make more milk in your neck of the woods So for summer feed options and strategies talk to GrainCorp Feeds Visit
7: GrainCorpFeeds.co.nz Whether you're watching the big game Six more. <laughs> entertaining friends or relaxing with a good book. <sighs> Liquorland has your summer sorted. Bell's blended Scotch whiskey or Woodstock bourbon, one litre, dollars each. Or Parrot Dog Range, six pack cans, $19.99 each. And if you don't want to miss a moment of the action. <laughs> Save time, shop online, and collect in store. Liquorland has got your summer sorted. R18, drink responsibly.
5: Kane has a carpentry business. His challenge. To renew his public liability insurance for less than his old policy. On your marks, get set.
1: Yeah, mate, I just did it. Wait, what? Yeah, I went online to BizCover. Took five minutes, I got instant quotes online, and saved about 50%. So, no dramas? No, no dramas at all.
5: There are literally no dramas when you go to BizCover, the business insurance specialist. Save time, money, and get instant cover at bizcover.co.nz. With Bunnings Trade, it's fantastic that the guys deal with the store directly. It's made my life a lot easier. Bunnings having the full range
7: at a good price with a good backup support and service. Why would I bother going anywhere else? Bunnings Trade. Helping business is our trade.
0: Kia ora SCNZ is Izzy and Kempy here. And we're back on deck. Yes, how good. I want to run it straight. So hard at 2023, Izzy. Honestly, I'm winding up off the back fence for the year ahead, brother.
2: I love that Kempy. Some of our teams are really going to need us.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hundy, mate. The Wars need us to push them hard to make the top eight in the All Blacks.
2: Well,
7: one thing they don't need is my knees. I'll give you the tip, Kimpy. Go on, the ABs. Go on, 2023. SENZ's Hawks Bay Ratings better be going through the roof with Izzy and Smitty. You're listening to SENZ. It's Kiwi Sport. Brand are experts in agriculture covering your equipment,
0: parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter,
2: he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on
3: SCNZ We've had some texts in this morning. Uh, First of all uh, awesome interview with Malcolm Nata yesterday Yes I really enjoyed that actually Uh, Quite often we get the finger pointed at at us here and say what about um, motor racing, what about stock cars what about Speedway, we don't seem to focus on it so it was really good to catch up with uh, Malcolm Naitai yesterday, who is a veteran in the sport, been a, a national champion himself, and just get a, a little bit of an insight into how it's all going and uh, the team's eventing as opposed to uh, individual eventing. Big meeting uh, down in uh, Dunedin this week as well, so uh, all the best to everyone travelling down there, and I hope the conditions uh, are suit- suitable for it. Uh, Brendan has come in and said, uh, I think uh, us versus the palms are key for me how we take our reviews usually we waste a few but need to take every opportunity with them review wisely couldn't agree more brendan i couldn't agree more um well you know i can tell you what when i was in australia uh, i studied the way that they take reviews and i won't say they got it right every single time but what i'll say is that they seem to have their review process pretty much in order so this is how it works for them they have uh, a wicket keeper and alex carey who judges the line he's the best in terms of judging the line uh, they have a fella by the name of Nathan Lyon, you might have heard of him, uh, he stands at point or square of the wicket most of the time that he's fielding, and his job is to judge bounce. Then you've got Pat Cummins, who's the captain, who's the chairman of the board, who sits at, at mid-off or mid-on usually when uh, he's not bowling himself, uh, and he runs in. They, they do it very quickly because you haven't got that time long to activate. First thing they talk about, I'm happy with the line, I'm happy with the bounce, is it worth a review in, in your terms? Yes, I think it is. Bang, let's have a review. So they, uh, you haven't got long to cover your bases, but they cover them very, very quickly. And I quite like that process. As I said, not 100% foolproof, but it brings in the variables um, as much as you possibly can in the short space of time that you've got to do that. So I like it. I like it. The wicketkeeper, anyone feeling square of the wicket, and the bowler himself quite clearly, uh, and then the umpire involved as well. Um, you can also perhaps, uh, when it comes to uh, you know the ones off the spinners you can bring in those fielders around the bat because they're the ones that can hear the little double noises, they're the ones that can perhaps uh, make judgement on that as well So, uh, but you've got to have your system right your process right and uh, we didn't for a long period of time we were guessing, you could walk, watch Kane Williamson just sort of walk in from mid off when he was captain and sort of throw his hands hands up in the air as if to say what do you reckon everyone um, but it's got to be a bit more defined than that and I, I think that's a, a very a, a very good text actually small but um quite pertinent adam has come in with a slightly longer one hey smithy i've been thinking a lot about the all black issues recently mainly your coach in the first fives wouldn't it be great if uh, new zealand rugby could put together a group of coaches similar to henry and Hanson and era uh, i'm not sure if it would work but wouldn't it be great if razor jamie joseph and tony brown worked together uh, very interesting point that um we've got uh, Two uh, international head coaches and a Super Rugby head coach as well. There, there's a lot of power there, uh, and I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of, oh, I'm not, I'm not saying ego, but there was a, there's a lot of attitude there. Uh, who'd be the boss? I'm not sure Jamie Joseph would uh, play second fiddle to too many people. Knowing Jamie Joseph, um, he's been a head coach for too long now. I think. With regards to the first fives. I think in general, COVID really hurt the All Blacks. As we weren't able to play so many tests and develop younger players, they had to play the top team more often. Also, Phil Foster felt he needed to do this, but we have some great young players coming through. I love watching Love play. That's a Reuben Love. Just needs time at first 5-8. Agree. Sam Gilbert, I thought in his game and a half of the Highlanders, really brought something different. Was really aggressive. Great defender and attackers. And what I liked is that he stayed at first five on both attack and defence. They didn't need to hide him at the back. Good point, too. When you have a weak defender at first five, eight, and he starts getting shuffled uh, wider on the park, it tends to upset the balance. Uh, Excellent. Uh, Thank you uh, for your text uh, there, and uh, we'll read uh, more out if we have an opportunity throughout the morning. We've got uh, a busy, busy last hour because we're going to take that press conference live from uh, New Zealand Rugby on the newly appointed Director of Coaching For New Zealand women's rugby So uh, that'll be an interesting position to fill Coming up to 10.52 here on SENZ I've
0: said it once and I'll say it again The Crusaders are my second team I promised you Cyclops is listening In Christchurch on 12.60am When it comes to farming Some things are easy to control Oi, get back in there But when it comes to climate change It's a whole different beast Overseer FM is a high-tech software tool that's designed to put farmers in control to drive change by creating sustainable farms. In other words, it helps save the environment and your back pocket by taking the guesswork out of farming. Find out where your farm is at at Overseer FM and together we can help drive your farm forward. Overseer, choices for farmers.
9: It was back around the
7: time Ethereal was winning the Melbourne and Caulfield Cups that Garrard's Horse and Hound served their first customer. Now after 20 plus years supplying specialty products to the equine and canine industries in New Zealand and Australia, Garrard's is a household name. Garrard's Horse and Hound guarantees expert advice, stocks the largest range and promises great monthly specials. Equine. Canine. Feline. Garrard's in Christchurch,
5: Pukekohe, Cambridge or au. Kane has a carpentry business. His challenge. challenge. To renew his public liability insurance for less than his old policy. On your marks, get set.
1: Yeah, mate, I just did it. Wait, what? Yeah, I went online to BizCover. Took five minutes, I got instant quotes online and saved about 50%. So,
5: no drama. No, no drums at all. There are literally no dramas when you go to BizCover, the business insurance specialist. Save time, money, and get instant cover at bizcover.co.nz.
18: GrainCorp Feeds, your partner of choice for innovative feed solutions, presents high quality, non-GM canola meal. A high protein, high energy meal with the ideal amino acid profile for New Zealand cows. The perfect balance for low protein summer pastures nationwide. Canola meal is an excellent summer feed option, which is proven to deliver both animal health and milk production benefits. To find out more, call GrainCorp on 0800 300 313 or see graincorpfeeds.co.nz. Whether
7: you're watching the big game, six more <laughs> entertaining friends or relaxing with a good book <sighs> Liquorland has your summer sorted with Spate Summit Ultra low carb and ultra lime 12 pack bottles 21 dollars each or long white range 15 pack bottles $39.99 each and if you don't want to miss a moment of the action <laughs> Save time. Shop online and collect in store. Liquorland has got your summer sorted. R18, drink responsibly.
18: New Zealand. Are you considering an alternative perspective to managing your health? Introducing Canna Plus, a clinic providing an alternative approach to your health, specialising in plant-based treatments. Led by doctors, their clinic is both affordable and accessible nationwide, with both telehealth and in-house appointments. Their qualified medical team provide extensive consultations to find the treatment that's appropriate for you. And if they don't, they'll even refund your consultation fee. CanaPlus providing alternative options for Kiwi Health.
1: Anyone could sell you irrigation. And anyone could tell you you should have a plan to manage it. But Waterforce isn't just anyone. Across New Zealand, Waterforce is helping farmers and growers make sense of compliance and helping folks just like you get a tighter water management plan up and running. So it's not just about getting water where you need it. It's about doing it wisely through technology and one of the best after-sales service programs in New Zealand. Visit waterforce.co.nz to find out more. This
7: NFL season, stream every single game, live in HD, on NFL Game Pass, including the playoffs and Super Bowl 57. Catch every touchdown, every game day with NFL Red Zone exclusively on nfl game pass plus condensed games in 40 highlights access to nfl network and more nfl game pass 24 7 all access pass to the nfl live and on demand visit nflgamepass.com
4: in depth one-on-one with kiwi sports women coaches and administrators doing great things around the world of sport that's Trailblazers with me, Ricky Swanell on SCNZ. From gold medalists like Emma Twigg and Zoe sadowski Synod, I catch up with athletes past and present, along with those doing great work off the field. It's open, honest and good fun with some amazing women. Join us for a great yarn on Trailblazers, Sundays at 10am and on demand on the SCNZ app.
7: Izzy, Kemphy, Smithy, Staffy, Kirsty, Steve, Kim, Brickdog, Wowee, that's a formidable slip. Gordon, all summer long on SCNZ. Brand are
0: experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in our Aotearoa.
2: This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. The world is now, is love, sweet love. It's the
12: only thing that there's just
4: to what
17: the world needs now
3: Is love, sweet love No, not just for some But for everyone uh, Just beautiful, isn't it? Bert Baccarat, what the world needs now Is love, sweet love What the world needs now Pip Morris's tips, sweet tips uh, That's what we need And that's what we rely on from you too uh, Of course, because there's greyhounds at Addington today And a heap of sports betting over the weekend
17: Oh, there certainly is. Nathalie, good morning to you. Just on Addington, I really like uh, Rua Dosa in a ladder race there around race 10, I believe she is, at, at, at Addington today. I made it my best bet. She's $5 into 3.8 for Janine McCook. She was just luckless last start when she was trying to poke between two greyhounds on the speed, so I like her to bounce back to winning form today. And then Palmerston North later on, too, has got power plays on each and every race there for the grand action and really think James Panama can win. And Harry Bonds are on top four. is a nice power play at $3.00 and 80 cents because we've got Group 1 action at Talapa this weekend and I think it's one of the best sprint fields we've seen in a very long time in the Group 1 BCD group sprint. It's a mouth-watering affair and uh, we've had plenty of betting on that race. The Tantayo Empiric is the best backed followed by Levonze and then Maven Bow in the Group 1 over the 2,000 metres, the Herbie Dyke it seems to be. Uh, the money was Camp and Nessa there and then Heda Doozy and then the uh, three-year-old Sharp and Smart Smithian on Monday. I can tell you Patrick Mahomes, most popular in the MVP market, followed by Travis Kouse and Jalen Hurston. We've got a nice promotion. If you head to the Punters Lounge and head to that promotion there, just to type in on the link Super. you get more on the game, we'll give you a $10 bonus bet to have another play as well.
3: Pip Morris, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much uh, for your input there and uh, all the very best to you. Uh, Right, we uh, promised you um, a live press conference, so we're going to go to that now. Uh, It's in the New Zealand Rugby headquarters um, offices are in the same building as actually we are in SENZ uh, because a new Black Ferns Director of Rugby is set to be announced. And in attendance there will be the newly appointed Director of Rugby alongside New Zealand Rugby CEO Mark Robinson, New Zealand Rugby Chair Dame Patsy-Reddy and New Zealand Rugby Women's High Performance Manager Hannah Porter. So we're crossed now. Uh, live to New Zealand Rugby.
19: ...that we all recognise as vital to the order of our women's team and uh, was highlighted in the Women and Girls review of uh, last year. So Robert, can I hand to you to talk about Certainly.
14: that? Certainly, yeah. Uh, Morena Tato, uh, lovely to see you all again. Thank you for, for being available to help us celebrate what's well, a really special day for us with Alan's appointment. Uh, as Dame Patsy has said, I'm I'm just going to take a few moments to speak to what we see as a, a truly special person in Alan, and a little bit about his pedigree uh, coming into the role. Um, clearly, he has you know extensive in- involvement in the women's game and has led uh, wonderful environments over the past eight or nine years now um, in in the women's area of the game. Outstanding results in, in sevens, obviously, with the back-fern sevens uh, in Olympic cycles, and also incredibly successful with Chiefs Manawa in last year's Aupiki competition. Uh, also, a, a key member of the management team, as, as part of the the Black, Black Ferns um, Rugby World Cup winning side last year. Uh, last year, so I'm um, absolutely delighted that he brings that um, those insights uh, and the unique unique characteristics to lead um, an incredibly exciting time across the women's game as we look forward to what will be as we build out uh, the number of competitions we're looking at now, both at a, a club level. And an international level um, a really inspiring um, period that'll culminate uh, in this cycle with the Rugby World Cup in, in England. Uh, he is a man of incredible mana, um, incredibly well respected um, across the women's game and right across New Zealand rugby for that matter um, for the for the career and the journey he's been, been on with his coaching um, work in the last um, little while as I've said. Um, I met with Last week we had a fortunate opportunity to sit down and talk about his vision, about where he sees uh, himself taking uh, the campaigns and the environment. And what came through was a massive amount of energy and passion. And it's clear he's ready to make a real difference um, to, to the Blackferns. Um, and it's just been amazing to see his journey also. We I think we were saying before, we played together many, many moons ago, back in, in 03, I think it was. Um, and uh, it was a tough game too, the Bay of Plenty and the Shield Challenge, I think, with, with Canterbury. And uh, he, he was a great competitor and um, and a brilliant person as a, as a player. But to see him maturing now uh, into this space is, is also really rewarding for our organisation and epitomises what we are trying to do in terms of creating great environments and promoting wonderful people into into <laughs> leadership. Um, last year's review, as, as Dame Patsy has mentioned, illustrated um, some uh, opportunity, within uh, areas of culture and leadership, and we think Alan is an outstanding fit to help build on the the learnings from that time. And uh, we look forward to what he can develop in that space also. I'll touch briefly uh, before passing uh, over for questions, but the uh, other thing we are clearly excited about is the growth of super, uh, Super Rugby Opiki this year. Um, We see opportunity to further build that with our our friends in Australia uh, in the near future and then obviously build that into opportunities with Japan and USA um, beyond that for Super Rugby competitions. Clearly with uh, the the campaigns uh, for the Black Ferns we have this year, already we're seeing the growth of international fixtures come through. um, With the Laurie O'Reilly Cup, uh, the uh, Pac-4 competition and uh, Women's XV also being... Uh, work through, and we hope to have some confirmation of those fixtures soon. So, a minimum of seven test matches for the for the Black Ferns this year, um, an increase from you know in the past a number of sort of two to three games. So, again, significant growth there. So, I'm going to pause now. I know you've all um, seen uh, Alan's opening opening comments uh, via the video presentation. So, uh, we will move straight to questions if that's all right, and open things up. Thank you.
20: Uh, Oh, thank you. And you built a world-class culture
12: with
20: the Sevens team. How do you move that on <laughs> You know, I think that the first thing is the people. You know, getting the right people. You know, getting our leadership aligned, and you know, looking looking a little bit further forward to the World Cup, and you know, deciding as a group what do we want to be. You know, what do we want to be at that time, and then. You know, we come up with our values and as a team, and and everyone's heading in the right direction. I, I think we can create something special. And you no, know, I always always see myself as looking after the Modi of a group. I, I don't know how I end up there. I just do it naturally, and that's the life force, uh, the energy, and um, steering you in, in the direction that we we think we should go. So that's with the plan. Who are the people that you will have around you who's your Um, well, I've just sort of landed here at the moment, and. Um, everything will, all our roles will go through process, I think it's the opportunity to give everyone a fair, ch- yeah, fair chance and you know, people have contributed to this group, you know, through the World Cup, that we have to acknowledge that. But um, yeah, hopefully we end up with the, with the best people after a good process. Would you be okay here? I've, I haven't actually had a chance to catch up and talk to them, but, you know, the, the option will be open there for them and we'll go through the process and see how we end up.
2: What you learned last year the
20: that you'd like to now bring to the table as a Oh well, I could talk for a couple of days around Smithy and, you know, he he really put himself out there and, you know, he did something for an old mate, Laurie, um, and, you know, he brought an absolute gift to our women's game. Um, just an empowering attacking game that our ladies absolutely fell in love with and, you know, it captured the hearts of me, our ladies and a nation and... Um, and he knows people really well, you know who cares you know, and I think it's our responsibility to you know as individuals, me individuals, as a team, and as a nation to continue and build up, build up that. Uh, congratulations uh, to you and your
17: family as well mm. <clears throat> We
4: heard from Lou the other day more she said she wanted someone for this role that was courageous and brave mm. enough. To play the brand
20: of rugby that the Black Ferns have developed. Do you believe you are that person? Yeah I
4: believe I am. And how are you going to go about that in terms of what do you see as sort of the biggest challenge or the most immediate thing
20: that you want to get going with this year? Well I think if I did or someone come in and try to change (laughs) too much around how we were playing, I don't think it would happen. Our ladies probably wouldn't go there and like I said they fell in love with the, the brand of rugby that we played so I guess it's like my role to that philosophy that we had and behind our game to keep that going and obviously coaches will come in and you know add their little bit and that's really important but you know, I think that real attacking style of rugby as Smithy, Smithy said it's in, our, it's in our DNA you know it's our profile it's it's our ethnicity and you know, it's something that we love and you know making sure that we enjoy what we do is really important so that'd be a key focus for me.
4: Just how crucial is it to get the ball rolling and
20: carry on the
4: momentum that you did create last year in terms of getting
20: pictures, the rest of your coaching panel and things like that confirmed? Yeah, we need to move quite quickly, you know, but I think it's not rushing into just getting people, it's making sure we get the right people, um, you know a key thing is obviously expertise in, in people's roles, you know, it's going to be real, I'm, I'm really Massive on character, um, relationship orientation is important. You know, our ladies will be spending 34 weeks out of our environment and hubs. And, you know, we need, we need to be out there present and connecting with people and the people that are supporting us feel like they are a real part of us. Um, so that when our ladies do come in, they feel like they've been supported. But most importantly, our ladies are learning how to drive that themselves. Well, how you been involved what
12: in
20: this game? Seems like for a long time. Has this always been a role? Yeah, I guess I've sort of, I talked to Patsy around this a while ago, is one thing I've learned over my time is not to look too far down the future, is you know, where I am right now, is, and I've like put my energy into that and, and do a good job. When I sort of come to the end of that and I feel like I've fulfilled my purpose, then usually something else appears that, you know, I can go and live my purpose again. So I've always had a, a job to, well for me, it's always been, you know, where am I going to make the most difference? And um, you know when I sort of ended with the World Cup this year, um, just seeing the, you know, the, the opportunity and what just happened at the World Cup, and the potential for growth in women's rugby, I mean, that's where I knew I needed to be. Yeah, just on that World Cup, I used the groundswell of support um, and successful awards, um, Is there any more expectation that can come from that? To, um, carry it on. Oh, yeah. There's always an expectation um, when you're coaching the national teams and. You know, it is a nation that expects our teams to do really well and you know, represent our country with mana, and I think that's what makes us great. You know, we, you know, when we do lose, the country feels it, and we hear about it. Um, so we do have a responsibility to get our game at the Black Ferns level, keep that thriving, but you know, really grow our our game underneath and our our picky competitions and FBC and community and club. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Well, I think um, Robey is Robey said our, our you know Super Rugby competition um, growing, expanding. Our FPC because the FPC competitions is the closest to our schools. I remember when I was at, at school and I was looking up at the All Blacks, and you know that's where you wanted to be. But there's things that were a little bit closer and. Um, I knew I could play for Bay of Plenty, and I strive for there. And then, you know, once you get there, so I think once we get our our competition thriving, then the pathway will be more clear for our our days. We've got so much talent in this country, especially in our schools, just up here in Auckland. So, you know, a real big focus for us is to um you know, build some real talent ID and and wrap some support around it. Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. I, like once you get connected. Into our women's teams, you know, you never want to leave. You know, you've got emotional connection, and um, I, I know he'll be helping out. I've already reached out to Smithy, and I'm sure if we're going off track, he'll give me a quick call. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, they'll be connected for life. I'd say. How do you get
16: that balance between
20: stepping the team and continue to? Um, well, I, I guess when I went in there and. Um, a lot of stuff that I helped Smithy bring to life wasn't anything to do with me. It was you know, The Black friends have been hugely successful for a number of years. It was, you know, how, about, how do we take that greatness and learn from, you know, this tough patch we've been through and and connecting the ladies and Smithy and, and head off in a direction. So, you know, it's it's never going to be just what my ideas are. It's going to be connecting with the leaders. You now, we've had 32 players that, that got to experience that beautiful gift and like I said, connecting with them and what we want to be in three years' time. What have
16: you put your own thoughts there about how things to like change or
20: affect um, No, I think now that we've got a you know, great competition, seven tests, um, this week we've got an OPicky that's building and in FBC there's plenty of opportunity to play now. And Like for me it's about how do we really build that depth um, it, it, as Blackburns, you know, there's, I think more that drives performance when you've got someone snapping at your heels and that'll really raise the standards in, in our group which is really important. So yeah, I, I hope that answered.
17: Yeah,
20: um, yeah I, I think it is keeping it, you know, take the greatness out of what just happened and keep that going and and obviously you know, there'll be different people if there is different people and you know, hearing what they think they've got to you know give to this team and you know, we want to keep moving fast you know I you know as a, a national team the country expects this team to do really well so we need to make sure that we you know can get to the intensity that we got to at the end of that World Cup whenever we um, get on the field and just make sure we've got the right people and, and support underneath it. um I don't know I, I know one thing for sure is I'm um, human so and I know that I don't have the answers I've got some pretty good ideas from my experiences and but I think you know for me the most important thing is as I as I showed in that video was I get absolute joy and fulfillment when I see people grow realize their potential and start reaching that on and off the field and I guess that's where I I see myself um, focusing.
2: Mm.
14: Yeah. timeline oh, I think I heard the so the, the expansion of the Opicky competition over time was that the question? Yeah. yeah. Sort of timeline, right. Yeah. I mean, we, we had had some conversations about possibly doing that as soon as this year. The the windows of our respective competitions don't quite allow that to happen. Uh, for 2023, uh, but certainly for 2024, that's a, a live discussion um, about a, a possibility of, of joining or at least playing that um, joining that final series, if possible. Um, as it relates to you know, other countries potentially joining, uh, conversations with the likes of um, Japan, especially through the um, visits we had at the end of last year, uh, are live at present. Um, they are also building their women's program, you know, more significantly over time. And then I think it's, it's commonly known that um, in North America, both through USA and Canada, um, strong international teams with the interest in building you know, more uh, competition below that as well. So uh, we haven't put a, def- a definitive time frame on it, but um, the, the conversations are, are active and we're looking to move quite quickly. The timing of the fixtures announcement. Uh, I'm not again. I don't think there's an exact time frame. This, as always, when you're, you're dealing with international fixtures, there are a number of parties. We're working through the respective national unions, uh, World Rugby. You know, there's a number of parties to, to, to work through that with. So, um, we're confident we'll have the fixtures. We just need a little bit more time before we can announce around venues, time zones, and all that sort of thing. Alan, what's, what's next?
7: From just been named the director of rugby, what's next now?
20: I we'll to no, um, definitely hit the ground running. Uh, people, obviously, people in support will be a focus. Opaki, um, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, we've got some amazing new talent in there. You know, the, the ladies that have been in a World Cup. You know, hopefully, we can get to a standard that they were at the World Cup, and then we've got some of our our ladies that have gone away and had children and come, you know, come back. Charmaine Smith and Aroha Savage and. So, yeah, it's going to be an amazing opportunity. So, we finalise our contracting after Opake, hope we have our people, and then you know, we'll have a plan to enhance the manner and our legacy.
4: Alan, oh, there's a number of players, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, there's a number of players heading over to Super W and England. Is that something that concerns you, or are you of the view that the more rugby
20: the better? Yeah, well, it's opportunity to keep our players here, right? So, competitions are going to. Going to grow it's our second year of Super Rugby, and that's only going to, you know, keep keep expanding and growing. Now if with, with the more test matches, and then you know, hopefully you know, having a Black Ferns team, and then potentially a development team, I think you know it's that, only going to grow. But I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to be involved in the women's game for most twelve years now. I think you see it. Twelve, eight,
14: yeah, <laughs> 11, 12 years.
20: And mm. I've always been on this pursuit of closing the gap you know support and at the moment living's expensive <laughs> you now it's blooming hard and you know we, we our, our ladies are expected to win you know the, the, the goal here is how do we take away as much worry as we can off the field and so that they can meet our expectations so and you know, I'll we'll keep driving I know using a rugby and border behind us and and supporting that
4: and much of that 12 years of your experience was over in the sevens program, and then obviously the sevens girls linked with the move back into the World Cup last year. Now that the majority of them are back in that sevens environment, how are you looking forward to building relationships with those that are just in the 15
12: side?
20: Yeah, well I think you know the the biggest thing with coaching is trust, you know, and trust takes time. So it's you know it's about. Um, showing general care, connecting with people, getting around when they're not in our environments, because that's where oh, probably most of our growth, growth is going to be be built. And, and I know that our sevens um, ladies or contracted people will be focused on Olympics, game. Olympics now. They've got qualifications this year and then they'll be competing next year, which will be great. But, and you know, I think that really great, uh, gives us space to grow some more depth and time for players for test matches. And you know, when it comes time for the Fifteenth World Cup, you know, there's real competitive spots there where people are really competing, competing. So I think it's a you know good couple of years and chance for building some depth. Well, last year, sure that well my first 15s I coached was um, back at St Pat Silver Street. I'd just come back from overseas and I was um, teaching P there and they asked me if I wanted to take the first 15. And I said, oh, yep, I jumped in there. And, you know, that was a, a pretty cool experience. I, I learned a lot. And I ended up having lunch out in the in the playground with the with the um, boys. We ended up going to the gym early in the morning and having a little extra trainings and a captain's run, which was probably normal. Um, but I, you know, I learnt a lot of when I I first started 15s. And uh, someone that had a massive influence for me as a player was um, Joe Schmidt. You know, he coached our Bay Plenty team along with Fern Cotter, and you know some of the things that he taught me back then. I I still use now. I'm sure he's. He's changed some of his views, but you know, he had a massive influence on my life. So that, that's when 15 started and I you know, went over to 7s. And then obviously I was, um, you know, blessed to be able to help out with get the Manawa ca- campaign under, underway last year. And, and I was involved with the Chiefs, learned a lot from Clayton and Roger Randall and Hilly and, and Gats through there. So, and then got to watch Smithy and Chrono and Ted you know, do work along with Whitney and Wes. So i there's still plenty to learn, but yeah, that's been my first thing's experience.
3: Okay. That is the voice of uh, Alan Bunting, who has just been appointed the new director of uh, rugby for the, the Women's uh, Rugby World uh, Cup pro- program, I guess, going forward to the next one, being the defending champions. But uh, that's looking long term. Uh, that's a, a few years away. But uh, that was announced this morning by uh, Dame Patsy Reddy. Uh, the chair of uh, New Zealand Rugby Board and uh, al- alongside of her was uh, Mark Robinson you would have heard from as well talking to the assembled media there so that's uh, I think a very popular appointment uh, he was uh, has been involved with New Zealand Rugby and uh, in the group for 12 years as you say <coughs> as you heard him say uh, he was introduced um, by Wayne Smith um, to deal with uh, culture and leadership within the group going into the the recently won world cup so it was um important one felt that um uh, it, i think it, it had to come out of there that's the kind of feeling you you get from the black ferns is that once they get accepted within the group and once you're a popular respected person within the group they like to stay within the group they're a family type um situation they, they deal a lot with with family they deal a lot with uh, with mana and quite clearly Alan Bunting-Fitz uh, ticked all the boxes in that area. So I think a pretty popular appointment all round. Uh, of course, uh, he coached the uh, Chiefs in Manawa uh, last year to uh, win the inaugural uh, Super Rugby all picky title, something he's very passionate about. Looking forward to seeing that coming through, again, with all the talented players around. So that is the news coming out of New Zealand Rugby headquarters this morning. Um, and uh, we heard uh, little snippets from that press conference. It is uh, coming up to 11 22 here on SENZ.
7: The SENZ app. Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live anywhere, anytime. anytime.
4: The Rural Roundup with Andy Thompson in 60 seconds. Thanks to Farmside. They know rural because they are rural.
3: In rural news, more than 3,000 beehives have had to be destroyed in the year to May 2022 as the industry responded to a record high cases of American fowl brood disease. New Zealand has been trying to eliminate AFB since 1998 as part of the industry's National Pest Management Strategy. The National American Fowl Brood Pest Management Plan's compliance manager, Clifton King, said in the 12 months to May there were 3,422 cases reported. The latest figures meant approximately one out of every 200 colonies in New Zealand has been impacted. Key said one of the
6: main factors driving the increase was that beekeepers have gone through hard times financially which appeared to be impacting on the number of resources going into disease control efforts.
4: That was the Rural Roundup in 60 Seconds on SNZ. Brought to you by FarmSide, the rural broadband specialists. Delivering connectivity solutions to Kiwis in more locations than ever before. When it
0: comes to farming, some things are easy to control. Oi, get back in there! But when it comes to climate change, it's a whole different beast. Overseer FM is a high-tech software tool that's designed to put farmers in control to drive change by creating sustainable farms. In other words, it helps save the environment and your back pocket by taking the guesswork out of farming. Find out where your farm is at at Overseer FM and together we can help drive your farm forward. Overseer, choices for farmers.
7: Whether you're watching the big game, six four. entertaining friends or relaxing with a good book. <sighs> Liquorland has your summer sorted. Seeger's Gin and Ivanov Vodka 1 litre $37.99 each or Heineken 15 pack bottles 29 dollars And if you don't want to miss a moment of the action <laughs> Save time, shop online and collect in store. Liquorland has got your summer sorted. R18, drink responsibly.
10: Introducing the biggest tuning box company in the world, Racechip, now available in New Zealand. From Mercedes to Mazdas, you can safely increase horsepower and torque by up to 30% and achieve fuel economy savings of up to 15%. Safe, effective, no modifications required, and you're protected with Racechip's exclusive engine warranty. Even remove that annoying lag from your turbo diesel ute. With over 3,000 vehicles in the range, check your car, ute, or SUV now by going to racechip.co.nz.
1: The team at PGG Rights and Turf are all about the delivery of high-performance turf grass solutions. They've been in the business for over 40 years, so they know what it takes to deliver a top-quality result for your needs. From pro sports turf and turf landscaping through to revegetation and erosion control, their highly skilled team knows every aspect of the turf and environmental markets. To find out more about how they can help with your turf grass solutions, visit pggrightsandturf.com.
5: Kane has a carpentry business, his challenge, to renew his public liability insurance for less than his old policy. On your marks, get set.
1: Yeah, mate, I just did it. Wait, what? Yeah, I went online to BizCover. Took five minutes, I got instant quotes online and saved about 50%. So, no dramas? No, no dramas at all.
5: There are literally no dramas when you go to BizCover, the business insurance specialist. Save time, money and get instant cover at bizcover.co.nz.
4: Hey fellas, it's the new year with a long list of things to not forget coming up, including the big one, Valentine's Day and the Wild Rose is here to help spoil your loved one. With heaps of gift ideas including red roses and bouquets to amazing flower gift boxes with roses, chocolates and bubbles. If you're not in the good books, you will be now. With free nationwide delivery for orders over $100, pre-order now for a stress-free Valentine's. Visit the thewildrose.co.nz today.
18: Afternoons with Staffy,
3: Carmo, you're appointing the next Orbit coach after the World
18: Cup. Em Foster's Taurasi standing down. Where do you go?
16: and we' passionate. At New Zealanders, right and you want your All Black coach to be the same that's what Razor does with the Crusaders man why wouldn't you get on that buddy bandwagon because the guy's up there smiling having a great time saying so I am so proud and humbled to be coaching this Crusaders team I'm going to do my best for you guys Gal fueling
2: your mission all year round don't miss Afternoons with Staffy weekdays from 12 on SCNZ SCNZ it's Kiwi for sport call
0: anytime time. 0800- 0800 150811 Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field, summer or winter, he's the voice
2: of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ I just don't
4: know what to do with myself just what to do with myself i'm so used to doing everything with you planning everything for two and now that we're through i just don't know what to do with my time i'm so lonely.
3: Well we've been playing uh, Bert Bacharach music uh, throughout the morning because uh, dear old Burt passed away at the age of uh, 94, Um, what a terrific, absolutely terrific uh, composer he was uh, in his time, Uh, some of the great uh, tunes that have uh, dominated uh, movies etc throughout the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s and uh, they live on long um, in our memory. Uh, Quite a a moving story and a very sad story has uh, just uh, come to light as well. Actually, my brother Mike passed this on to me uh, this morning. I had no idea about it, but it's uh, the news that Sam Workman, who uh, the caddy for um, our very own Stephen Elker, of course, the PG uh, Tour champion golfer, uh, he died on Monday. uh, Less than three weeks uh, removed from caddying a second-place finish in Hawaii to open the 2023 season passed away at his home in Beeville, Texas, about 100 miles south of San Antonio uh, from cancer. A sudden passing, according to uh, Stephen Elker in a post on Instagram. Uh, the following uh, is a submission from John Rahus, uh, a fellow caddy and good friend of uh, Workman. He said, somewhere in heaven, Sam Workman is grilling barbecue pork tenderloin on the tailgate of his pickup truck. At least that's what I like to think our friend is up to now. It's one of his favourite things to do, something he'd done hundreds of times in his life. And I was fortunate enough to experience it in all its glory. One spring evening in the parking lot of a West, uh, Best Western in Greenville, South Carolina. It was truly one of the most fun, best tasting meals I've had in all my years caddying. It was simple. It was life on the road, as Sam and I reminisced on a podcast last October. He said he enjoyed it because it was a chance to hang out with their friends, cook it slow and have a couple of dirty waters and raise hell with your partners. He'll always remain as Sam Barbecue Workman in my phone contacts. Uh, Perhaps Sam is grilling for fellow Texans, fellow caddies, fellow professionals like Byron Nelson and Ben Hogan, always humble. Maybe he'll sprinkle in a story here or there about the spectacular run he'd had in the last 18 months as the looper for Stephen Elker on the PGA Tour Champions Circuit. Five tournament wins and the 2022 Charles Schwab Cup Champion Player of the Year. It's like uh, likely my favourite streak of flag collecting by a caddy friend. A little over two weeks ago, Stephen and Sam picked up right where they left off, finishing second to start the season off in Hawaii. However, as I came to find out since then, Sam wasn't feeling well in Hawaii and hadn't been on and off uh, since the uh, holiday season when caddies finally get out from under the strap. So it was that uh, he returned home from Paradise to find out that he had cancer. Absolutely devastating, absolutely devastating. So um, that was uh, the news coming out, and for Stephen Alka and of course uh, for those uh, people that uh, were around or knew Sam Workman, uh, what a great combination they were. And Stephen Alka will be playing with a heavy heart from here on in for quite some time. You would imagine what a combination uh, they were. Very sad news coming out of the United States and sounded like a, a real character as most of those caddies seem to be uh, it is uh, eleven thirty here on SENZ uh, we've got uh, on a more fun note we've got a hundred dollars to give away now so uh, dial up 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 uh, please by all means uh, call through uh, Brian will be on the phone so he'll work out um, who's going to get the opportunity to win the 100 going into the weekend uh, in between times We'll have uh, a catch up now with uh, Araha and the latest news
11: Stumped by Smithy Ian Smith really is top class at his job
10: Yeah it's time to play Stumped by Smithy here on SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith one last time for the week and Smithy you've got it up to 100 bucks give or take you've had a pretty strong week I would say behind the uh, stumps
3: Yeah I, I think so um, just the one loss uh, to be fair so uh, when you lose of course it becomes a little bit costly so we went from 150 but we've had a little bit of success to get it up for 100 for the weekend so um, I'm not quite sure who's uh, first up to have a crack at it today but uh, it's a good weekend to have 100 bucks going into because there's some wonderful sport to have a look at and of course there's some terrific racing on both sides of the Tasman as well so who is our first our first lucky trier oh, it's
10: been a while we're going to Gerald and it's Charlie come in mate
11: G'day, fellas. I'm actually in cross, because yes, that's where I work. But yes, very nice to be vaccinated. Best of luck to you, but
3: not too much. Yeah. OK, Charlie, thank you very much. We'll do uh, our very best to avoid the UK in this and history of any sport in the UK in this one, Logan, if that's possible. Um, so what are the categories for Charlie? Oh, well, there's one that might be a bit near and dear
10: to a lot of people in the UK. It's uh, One is the FA Cup. Two is Formula One, and you're very lucky that Araha is not in the office today because she would have substituted in. And the third category is the Warriors, the new one New Zealand Warriors. Oh,
11: it's got to be the FA Cup. I know enough about Formula One and the New Zealand Warriors, they change their team every five minutes. So
10: who's in that? <laughs> change your team, <laughs> on, change your jersey. Yeah, you're right. Alright, good luck. <laughs> first question, FA Cup, Smithy loves his FA Cup too so yeah, mm, good dude. luck to you. What was the final score in this week's FA Cup 4th round replay between Wrexham and Sheffield United?
14: Oh didn't they lose? 3-1 Sheffield not on the
3: chips on a wicket right in the slot and the it
10: goes yeah it's one of those ones i don't want to admit that you're right there charlie but yes sheffield united won 3-1 over wrexham smithy
3: yeah it was interesting i watched that game out of the corner of my eye i was actually on while the show was on uh, a couple of mornings ago and uh wrexham fought back to one all and uh, they had the momentum and they actually missed the penalty uh, and then from that point onwards sheffield united who were playing at home turned around and said to hell with that uh, knocked him over 3-1, so yep, 3-1, absolutely right. Uh, Charlie, well spotted. Uh, my
10: favourite thing from that match is Paul Mullen was interviewed afterwards about missing that penalty and he was like, look, if Lionel Messi can miss a penalty, so can I.
3: Okay, fair enough. If Harry Kane can miss one, so can I. Right, who's <laughs> uh, question two? Question
10: two for you, Charlie. Who are the current holders of the FA Cup?
11: Um, I think that's Manchester
15: City, I want to say. One of the worst things I have ever oh, seen done on a cricket
3: field. Oh, you might have just given a
10: real big nick to the keeper,
3: Smithy. Might have too, actually, because I remember someone was up for four trophies at the end of last, I think it was the end of last season. Four trophies. I'm pretty sure Liverpool, I've got a sneaking suspicion, Liverpool might have beaten Manchester City to capture that title. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and the it goes.
10: Yeah, sorry, Charlie. Back to the pavilion for you, mate. You've been stumped. What a year it was for Liverpool, and how drastic things can change, Smithy.
3: Yeah, it was interesting, actually. Um, you know, they were at the top of the world. They were looking at four mm-hmm. trophies, I think, towards yep. the end of last season, and they managed to, to get that one anyway, so that was pretty good for Jurgen Klopp. But uh, what a difference a year makes, and uh, whilst uh, people say they'll never sack Jurgen Klopp, man, he's under pressure. If he was anyone else i think with a high profile highly paid job like that he would be seriously under the gun but he's a survivor right so uh i think it's fair to say charlie wasn't a survivor this morning who's <laughs> next in line
10: uh shane from petoni come in mate uh, uh, yeah how are you i'm good how Gosh. are you yeah good good
3: Well, a little nervous about people that live around jackson street and petoni <laughs> that's scary uh, <laughs> there are, of course such a history down there of petoni of the uh, Shandon Golf Club and those sporting areas around there. So uh, that takes me back a lot of years. So Shane, you've only got to get one you're right, ready? mate, and you're in the money. Only one question from... Um, you know, uh, it's just the FA Cup, mate. No pressure. <laughs>
10: no pressure. $100 TAB bonus bet on the line here for you, Shane. Which team has won the most FA Cups?
15: Manchester United. One of the worst things... I have ever seen done on a cricket field. You'd
10: kind of think that, wouldn't you? With uh, the amount of success that Man U have over the course of their history, Smithy, it would be them.
3: But I don't even think Ricardo would have got that wrong. No, I don't know. Look, I'm I'm thinking London. I'm thinking a London club here. It won't be Spurs. It simply won't be Spurs. So I'm tossing up between Arsenal and Chelsea because I can remember going back watching those uh, teams in the past win I'm gonna. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go the Gunners. Much as I hate to, because I hate anything to do with the Gunners. I'm going the Gunners, Arsenal. Hundred bucks on the line. You know I'm what, Smithy? You know what? What?
10: That's a couple of chips down the wicket,
12: oh,
19: right in the slot,
3: and it goes. Yeah, well done, Smithy. Oh, Shane, Shane. I'm sorry about that. Um, I just had the no, sneaking right. suspicion they had some wonderful years, um, and uh, so. Have a great weekend, thanks for taking part Shane and on Monday, no, like something to look forward to something to look forward to on Monday for everyone, dial in quick at around about 11.30 because we're playing for 150 all of a sudden yes Logan? Uh, well we won't even be
10: on air at 11.30 so it might have to be more 10.30 right before the Super Bowl
3: Oh right, I forgot about Super Bowl yeah, Super Bowl ah right, Kansas City Chiefs Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Is that kickoff at eleven or something? Uh, our
10: coverage starts at eleven. Uh, I think kickoff is like twelve thirty New Zealand time.
3: Right. So decent okay. amount of
10: pregame. Uh, no doubt we'll have a little bit too. We might go around the traps and find some fans. But yeah, uh, this massive Monday, and now we've got a hundred and fifty dollars TAB bonus bet to potentially give away as well. Okay, who would you put it on Chiefs or Eagles? Uh yeah, I'm going to go against Brian. I'm going for I'm going for Philly. Yeah the Philly Flyer, uh, Philly Eagles. Wow. No, I've never put money on the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh yeah, the Why Eagles. Not? I just I I've never been in a Flyers fan. I grew up being a Penguins fan. You learn to hate them
3: and then it just started from there. You're a bit of a fair-weather friend because aren't you a Maple Leafs fan as well? Yeah, well that's a long story, Smithy. I don't know if you have ever- uh, Are you want are you one of those guys, Logan? One of those guys that your team always wins? Like, you know, no. you jump the fence. <laughs> no. you, you've got a, trampol- you got, you got a trampoline on the bottom of your shoes. You just jump the fence every time. you just back the winner. Smithy, Are you one of those blokes? Smithy, do you,
10: do you know the year, the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup? No, I don't. 19- Is that
3: question four? <laughs> it should be.
10: 1967. <laughs> so. <yeah. laughs> No, it's just I picked the Penguins to start with because that's the team I was watching when I was a kid and then when we when my wife and I moved to Toronto, I uh, just naturally switched allegiances.
3: Okay, fair enough. That's cool. Just as well you didn't move to Chad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. Okay, right. I think we need to in- introduce some common sense into the show, so we'll take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll have that in the form of uh, Michael Guerin.
0: To help you succeed
2: in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ
4: Just like me, they long to be close to you. Why do stars
17: fall down from the sky
4: Every time you walk by Just like me They love to be Well,
3: we've been playing Bert Bacharach songs throughout the morning and uh, you just forget how many great songs he wrote. I mean, that's just yet another one close to you. Oh, God, fantastic song, kind of uh, sung by the Carpenters, and they, Karen Carpenter made such a beautiful uh, version of it, it's uh, quite outstanding. So, Bert, uh, thank you very much for your contribution to life, really. Um, and uh, an equally important man to our show is, uh, of course, Michael Guerin, who may or may not have been a Bert Bacharach fan, I don't know, uh, but um, he is a harness racing fan. And uh, news coming through, uh, the race, the race by Grins this year, Michael Guerin, will not feature Rock and Roll Dude.
19: No, it won't. But, but Smithies, I say good morning to you. I should have a good back of our story. I was um, was at Royal Ascot, which I I, I go to every year. Um, And it's a wonderful place, Royal Ascot. You end up mixing with all sorts of odds and odds and, and unusual people from all over the world. I bump into mates of yours like Dooley and... And both of them and those sort of people there, they're always on for a bit of a, bit of a day and the punt. So I'm sitting in, the, in one of the boxes at Royal Ascot one day talking to these two ladies who I'd never met, but we're just talking away because they were part of the group. And one of the ladies was telling me her husband was a musician and I thought, oh, yeah, this will be good. You know, he's obviously some bloke who battles around with a guitar or something and plays at the pub and talking away. And um, she said, oh, the phone rings and she said, oh, it was Bert. And I said, oh, your husband's name's Bert? She said, yes. The other lady said, she's actually she married to Bert Beckerard. And I was like, oh, oh god! Oh, and I yeah. said, um, and I said, I said, how, how, um, how, did you meet Bert? She said, no, she said, I was working for him one day, and he just walked in and said, we should get married. And it was a great, wow. story. Um, wonderful, wonderful lady. And I said, what's it like being married to Bert Becker? And she said, oh, honestly, she said, it's, it's actually sort of an absentee marriage. And she said, not oh, because we don't love each other. She said, but he's always on the road. And she said, I used to join him on the road all the time, talking. And then she said eventually you just spend your entire life standing by the side of the stage. So she said, I do what I want to do. And she said, we have enough money. We just meet up when we want to. And Bert sometimes will say, I'm this you and I need you to try to, you know, Finland, come see me. And she said, that's literally what it's like being married to someone famous. She said, but he's very kind, very nice. It was a really fascinating conversation. And the worst thing was, In my mind, I always think of her now as Bert Beckerard's wife
11: (laughs) rather than (laughs) an actual human entity in herself, which
19: I suppose I'm not jealous of famous people. But yeah, Royal Ascot, there's no greater melting pot for unusual people from all over the world um, of a certain type than Royal Ascot. So when I heard about Bert Beckerard this morning, my mind cast back to that amazing day and just pulling Mm -hmm. back the curtain a little bit on um, on that lifestyle and hearing all about it.
3: And that's uh, one of the great things about racing, actually, in general, too. I mean, uh, not just Ascot, but Melbourne, some of the great uh, carnivals are, uh, over the years that you can find people that you never knew uh, like racing or were associated with racing or just loved a good time well, well, like but racing. He, but yeah.
19: To Rafa tomorrow, to Rafa tomorrow. You'll meet yeah. like Brendan McCullough and all those English boys who'll be the pied piper to Rafa tomorrow. They'll all be there and you know, I'll be having a jar and they'll be watching the races and enjoying themselves and they'll be getting oogled by fans and it, it, it's wonderful that they can get to Tarapa and do that because in some countries it would be hard to do, but i will have a bloody good day out there tomorrow because it's going to be a really good day.
3: I tell you, I I just cannot believe, for the life of me, knowing Brendan, um, how he's managed to find a a, a day off in the busy England cricket schedule, how the hell was he able to to find a day off in terms of their preparation to go to the races of all places? How could Brendan McCullough manage that? And
19: what's what's where he played planned
11: about six weeks ago?
19: I was talking to him about (laughs) it, as as I'm sure you have, I was talking to him about the Gold Coast sales, and I said... um, you know, what's it like, and you know, how are you enjoying it? And He said it's just easy. He said it's easy being a coach because he said we don't have any more meetings. We we play cricket, and he said, and people were told basically you turn up an hour or half an hour before the game, and he said, they want to warm up, they can warm up, it's entirely up to them, we didn't be do things our own way, it was really cool to talk to him, and as you know, bears is bears, there's, there's only ever one bears, and it's obviously working for them, really, so I know nothing about cricket, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it's a lot of fun having a guy him back in the country, as you
3: mentioned, he's, harness. He's pulled... He has pulled the right rein um, in terms of uh, Harness Racing parlance. And there's no rock and roll dude at the race by Grins. Um, So that's big news and uh, gives our horses uh, a greater opportunity, I guess. Um, And one of them might come out of racing this weekend. Who knows?
19: Well, this is is, is a million-dollar race. The race you mentioned is the race that last year SEMZ won with their slot hole horse self-assured we're teaming up with the same horse again this is April 14 at Cambridge it's a Friday night it's really easy to go along it's cheap and it's a million dollar race there's only four million dollar races in New Zealand three are for the gallopers and ones for the harness so rock and roll do was a really good Australian horse who was taken by a slot holding team and he isn't going good enough, so they pulled out. They said, "Look, we can't take the horse. This isn't going to do you justice. Go get another horse." So he goes to the paddock, and that's the excuse, the pun, real horse trading that goes on around us. It's and cricket parlance is not a, not totally different from the IPL auction. Yes, no. Who do you want? Who do you get? Who can you afford? All that sort of stuff, and it's part of the fun. So that's harness racing, million dollar race tickets are on sale for Cambridge, April fourteen. It's one of those things you don't need to get dressed up. You can go there, have a good time, stand on the lawn, have a couple of jars if you're that way inclined and you're old enough and listen to a bit of music afterwards. Before then, um, Harness Racing this weekend, the first Group 1 race of the season. If you don't follow racing, Group 1's sort of like test match rugby and cricket. It's the really serious stuff. It's the stuff that people remember. Um, That's on tonight at Addington. I uh, really like a horse in this race. It's race 7. at 7.54. All-American lover. Um, it's got the widest barrier draw, which is not ideal, but very good horse. 2,600 metres, takes them just over three minutes, gives it plenty of time to, to overcome having that wide barrier draw, and it's the one to beat tonight. Also tonight at race 4, good horse called Krug goes around. If he can win tonight... He'll be off to the Miracle Mile in Sydney to try and qualify for that. So at the moment, a lot of our good horses are getting ready to race at Cambridge next week for the Harness Million Carnival. Others are in Melbourne and some are in Sydney. So they spread around Australasia this time of the year. And that's for some late nights on the TV. But so far, the New Zealand horse has been doing a good job on both sides of the Tasman with wins in Melbourne and Sydney. And those carnivals intensify over the next couple of weeks, so we'd have our interest spread not only for the harness racing, but of course for the gallops, where they have a absolute mega meeting tomorrow at Tarana. Thank you very much. Hey, Mick, a bit. Mac-